1: What is up Gypsy gang, we are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast and I am excited for this one with Nicky Rod aka Nicky Carmichael. Now Nick Rodriguez is one of the major stars in the world of modern grappling and he exploded onto the world stage only five years ago. The black belt slayer has defied all normal rules of grappling, meddling at the sport's biggest tournament with only a handful of years training under his now black belt. On top of this, Nikki has a background in moto and even sold his 450 to give himself a little bit more runway as an up and coming athlete. I saw Nikki liking some posts on their Instagram and I reached out and offered to take him for a ride at Glen Helen and do the pod. He obliged and uh, this one was absolutely epic. Now, to do that, to make that ride happen, I leaned on our new sponsor, the team at yamaha motors in the u.s uh this is a massive deal for us and i'm very very excited uh to begin talking about the partnership with the blue crew that is going to go all the way through 2024 so i uh i called up the boys at yamaha and i said i got this massive jujitsu savage that wants to rekindle his uh his childhood passion in motocross so We picked up a brand new 2024 YZF450, my shootout winner uh, at the Swap Moto shootout, and a brand new 2024 YZ250F, uh, and Nikki wheeled that thing around for the day at Glen Helen. So really, really, really excited to announce this partnership with the team at Yamaha. We have some awesome projects that are lined up throughout the year, locked in and scheduled in, and I'm very, very excited about them first one we're doing is our Deegan two-stroke build. Um, We've been kind of teasing that a little bit on social media, but that build is well underway. So look out for that content. Uh, And then the second thing that we're doing with Yamaha that I'm pretty pumped to announce right now as well is I'm doing a hero tour with 101 Adventures, uh, which is Ben Townley's tour company in New Zealand. Now, if you've been following the podcast since all the way back in 2019, you would remember the trip that Sammy and I did where we went and we spent three days riding with BT at some of the most epic tracks in the world. Uh, Since then, BT has started his own ride park, Dirt World, and it is absolutely insane. So we're heading back there. Uh, It's going to be part of our Yamaha content, and it is a Blue Crew ride that we're doing. Uh, And if you want to get on that tour you head to 101adventures.co.nz 101, the numbers, adventures.co.nz and then you look for that Gypsy Tales Hero Tour. There's only 10 spots available uh, and it is on the 13th of May, you'll fly to New Zealand. 14th, 15th and 16th is all moto and then the 17th you fly out. So that's another one of our Yamaha projects that we're doing this year. Um, So if you want to be involved in that, head to that website. So extremely excited to be working with the guys at yamaha it's i've always said that we're a content company first and i really prioritize sponsors that can help us make content um and just like the motorsport deal this yamaha deal is like really really focused on making awesome content for you guys so thank you to yamaha we're officially kicking it off um and i am frothing about it we're also uh just getting into 2024 and those new year's resolutions are in full effect and January is always the perfect time to set out to build some new habits and one of the best habits I formed in 2023 was using AG1 every day as my foundational nutritional supplement. I've spent about one minute every day of the last year preparing and drinking my AG1 and I think pound for pound it has been one of the most impactful ways that I've spent my time this year. AG1 is a nutritional supplement that supplies your body with digestive enzymes, B vitamins, adaptogens, and vitamin C. It is tested for 950 contaminants and NSF certified for sport, along with being supported by a team of doctors and scientists that are the best in the biz. You definitely need to go try AG1 if you haven't yet. It's a simple and trustworthy product that will help improve your overall daily health. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com/gypsytails. That's drinkag1.com/gypsytails. Also, we need to talk about our race. We only have about fifty team entries left, and then that's it. It is sold out. So head to verbmodo.com/gypsy500 to get in on the action. This is really shaping up to be one of my uh, most looked forward to weekends of the year. My brother's coming from Oz. My buddy Steve's on my team. Anton Wass, the CEO of Stark Future, he's on the team. Uh, So come and race with us. This is for the everyman. This is not a serious event. This is not a race where you have to be in the best shape. It's 500 minutes. you got three of your buddies to do it with you, 20 minutes at a time you can do this. This is a kind of race that got me back into riding when I started doing the transmoto events in Australia. So make sure you come and hang out. I'll be wearing fist gloves for that race. Like I wear fist gloves every single time I ride. If you're in the US and you want to try them for yourself, because I don't see enough fist gloves at the track, if I'm honest, head to fisthandwear.com, use the code Gang to get 15% off. Also, you can head over to the member site, Uh, celebrating one year of the member site, uh, and we're only getting better and better um, as we go along, so gypsytales.com to join the Gypsy Gang officially. That is it from me. Thank you so much to everybody that supports the podcast. Thank you again to Yamaha. Cannot say how excited I am about this deal, Uh, and thanks for giving us a couple bikes so I could go and ride with the man nicky rod nick rodriguez aka nicky rod aka nicky Carmichael. <laughs> what's happening brother <laughs> not much
2: man i'm um, happy to be out here you took me riding yesterday we had an absolute blast it
1: was good so shout out to yamaha shout out to alpine stars uh-huh. we had uh two fresh new four strokes at the track and uh and then Alps hooked you up with some some fresh gear so we had you looking good feeling good (laughs) I definitely looked apart for sure how uh so you said it'd been maybe about five years since you've been like properly riding
2: yeah yeah it's been about five years you know I've I've spun the bike around the around the corner here and there um but yeah about five years since I've hit a, a trail or a track um but you know I I grew up riding dirt bikes um since about the age of three years old, you know, my my dad got me on the, on like one of those PW fifties, and uh, man, I was hooked ever since. Something I always always loved it was like a, just a way to fucking feel free. I don't know the power, like having something between your legs that is just like exploding and moving.
1: Like it's, some, it's some, <laughs> yeah. something some some about it, you know what I mean, dude? I I know for sure. Like when uh, there was a time. Oh, we did, I did a podcast a while ago, but I just said that literally that I was like, you're just giving a three-year-old kid an explosion between their legs <laughs> and then being like, all right, bro, like it's on you. And when you're a kid and you're like that age, you're so like, dependent on your parents and you kind of can't do anything for yourself. And then you give a three-year-old a fucking moving explosion. It's just like, <laughs> that's a recipe to get someone hooked for life, you know? For sure.
2: It's like a first step towards uh, some some independence. I remember like f- the first time riding the little PW50, I would just fall over and over again. And I would look at my dad and I'm like, what is going on?
1: Why can't I stay on this thing? Yeah. Nah, so you, uh, for the people that don't know, you're one of the best grapplers on planet Earth uh, these days. But- yeah, humble beginnings as a as a motocross kid. Like the rest of us, <laughs> for sure.
2: Uh, if you ask me, I am the best. You okay. know, there's uh, I have pretty much have one adversary. Um, his name's Gordon Ryan, and uh, you know they ca- everybody calls him the the goat. Um, he's been training for like 15 plus years, but I have been training jiu-jitsu for about five years, and I've beaten pretty much everybody in sport besides him. I called him out recently f- uh, on UFC Fight Pass um just a few days ago for a match and a bet match i was like listen i'll bet you fifty thousand dollars that i'll beat you and he was like nope not interested he actually left the room he left how was that yeah I, saw yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw he knew he knew someone like that was coming you know he he, he wanted to get out and he doesn't he wouldn't want to get on stage with me because like right now he looks really small right he got he has these like um These big ups and downs like when he competes he gets like he gets huge and then two weeks later he loses like 40 pounds of muscle so
1: um someone say he goes through cycles (laughs) yeah exactly some kind of cycle yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was uh it was pretty funny so that was the first big grappling event that i've been to over here Mm -hmm. and uh so me and my wife went we were pumped we were like second row and i was just like man moto just does not have the jujitsu beef like it, there was so much shit talk like it was a comedy show in a sense to where like everyone's talking shit some of the antics from, from some of the competitors i'm just like this is actually the best thing ever but you basically win your match and then gordon gets up and just dipped, like because he was doing the commentary and he just like dipped just walked straight out the back and he was not not around for uh for any of the call outs and normally that's his thing yeah i'm pretty sure he 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 saw
2: something uh he saw a call out coming and he just wanted to get up out of there before before it happened you know but um but yeah i said my my pc pretty much denied it he was like yeah i don't want to compete against you Which it's all right. I'll I'll chase you down. I
1: get it. I'll get it. You know what I mean. I'll find you eventually. That's one of the good things about ADCC is that (laughs) you just you're in. Like it was kind of what you saw with Andre and Gordon. Mm -hmm. Like Gordon had been wanting that match forever. Andre had been basically saying like, "Come and get it," and then he got it, and then he fucked him up. So it's kind of you now get to follow that same process.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Andre um Gavo, you know, one of the le- legends of legends of the sport, um but you know, a bit older nowadays, you know. He he's passed his uh, prime for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so glenn Helen yeah. One of the bucket list tracks. Absolutely. For you. What was <laughs> it
2: what was it like to ride Glen Helen? Dude, even like even like pulling up, like you see the you see the mountains, you see the big old uh, Glen Helen side, it's just uh it was quite surreal. Um and we got it on a day that was pretty like relaxed, it wasn't totally t- was
1: crazy mellow. It was yep. so nice. The so, weather was perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah. Super mellow. Um, uh, great weather. And uh, you know, we got to ride a bit. We did the vet track as a warm-up and then a few laps on the on the other track and I had to get up off there. I was like, these guys are training for something serious Let me. Uh <laughs> we go back to the vet track, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, I had a blast. You know, I was a bit um uh I was a bit I don't want to say timid, but just like uh Not cautious, cautious, right? Which is good Yeah, yeah Because I'm like, you know I'm a professional athlete nowadays So like, you know My body's health is very important So like, you know I wasn't sending it uh, right away So just uh, took a few laps Dude, I was getting such bad arm pump I'm like, you know (laughs) The first few laps I was just super, super tight um, and, And tense and uh Fuck! You gave me some some good advice, you know, about foot positioning and, and where you're sitting sitting at on the on the seat, and uh, honestly it made a, a made a great deal of difference, like especially um, spending a few laps. But honestly, I have so much so much respect for moto guys because uh, it's it really is an endurance sport. Yeah, like it's like thirty minute uh match or I'm sorry, thirty minute race, right? Um, thirty minutes plus one sometimes, right? Or uh, twenty laps, whatever. Um, but Dude, it's it's intense. I feel like moto, like motocross is one of the sports where you have the most amount of multitasking. Yeah. Right. You're you're managing the throttle, the brake, the the clutch. Sometimes you're you're shifting in the when you're in the air. It's like you have all these uh, different dynamics, and then toss on top of it, you have somebody right next to you, almost <laughs> banging bars the whole time. You know,
0: it's
1: yeah. very intense. It's cool. I mean, it's funny because I guess it's almost jujitsu is almost a meme in this podcast because um, it's like it's moto but then that's the thing that I normally do more than moto so people always give me shit but it's cool to have someone like you that's on that has a passion for both and you've done both and to be a professional in the grappling side of things like I can make my assumptions of how I think it would feel or or how I think it compares but it's cool because you're fully living you're, you're living it you know so like you really can make comparisons yeah I definitely
2: understand um I just I understand how difficult both both are you know like jiu is pretty pretty tough but it's something I do all the time so like you know breaking people's arms is like you know hitting triples for a, a regular <laughs> pro guy you know so it's pretty <laughs> yeah. um you know it's pretty everyday stuff for me but uh yeah I uh I just always love moto you know I've always watched it like I, I kind of grew up in the in the bubble versus Carmichael era you know what I mean so that was very um i like a an intense rivalry you know it's attractive
1: to me (laughs) so you get a bike at three yeah how how much younger is jay than you jay's five years younger than me okay so you had a bit of time on the bike before he kind of got got in on it as well yeah like jay
2: jay rode um Jay rolled pretty much all my handy hand-me-down bikes like, you know pw50 um, We had like a little uh, crf like 80 or something like that uh, soon after that and then um my, I, b- I believe my little brother r- learned how to ride on a, like, uh, on a Yamaha 65 really? with like, with a terrible clutch. Like it was like, <laughs> r- yeah. R- yeah, yes, sir. dude, it was, it was so bad. Even like a, a decent rider would have problems. Like getting in to get in the first gear. You know what I mean? It was uh, absolutely terrible. It was about to blow up, you know, as pretty much the same day we bought it. Um, but, uh, we really started like riding a lot. Once I got my license, uh, we would just toss the, toss the bikes in my dad's van Yeah, and, um, uh, you know we would just go like mo- most weekends and just have a blast and and this was before you know I, I got into jiu jitsu kind of like in between in between high school and jiu jitsu we were just like riding most weekends and uh you know we have this uh we have this spot like like fifty minutes from where I grew up in South Jersey called, we call it blue hole, but it's like an old quarry and about 800 acres of, uh, of land. And we would just like, you just go out there and That's cruise. That's the man. dream. Yeah. It would, you'd hit, you'd hit trails and like, you'd always find new trails and you would run into other people riding bikes or, or quads. And it was just, just a blast, man. We were really lucky that we grew up close enough to a spot like that, that we could just like get after it. Did you
1: have like moto friends at school that that did bikes as well or
2: I had um I had a couple friends that were that were like racing, like on, 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 tracks and around high school. I've never, I never even touched a track. I've only been on trails and then I'd see them come back in like uh, weird ch- wheelchairs here and there. I'm like, dude, I'll fuck it. I'll stay on the trails.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> those guys are uh, pretty committed. Yeah. Did it, did it fuck with your wrestling much or like, was it, it was just one of those things where that was like the good outlet away from wrestling.
2: Yeah, it was a good, it was a good outlet. Like, you know, when I was wrestling, um, in uh, like middle school, high school, uh, I pretty much I wouldn't do anything besides wrestling till till after the season, you know, like uh, summertime after school and stuff. We we'd ride pretty consistently. Um, but yeah, they're in wrestling. I just like have a, a ability to hyper focus on, on specific goals. And, and uh, I'd use that focus towards towards one focus, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense.
1: Did you ever feel the pull to race or anything
2: like that? I mean, I, I, I'd be like, oh yeah, I think to myself, yeah, racing would be cool. And then I see guys, you know, <laughs> flying over me when I'm, I'm just hitting like a little tabletop or something. I'm like, yeah, no, you got that, bro. You know that I, I feel like there's only enough time, uh, yeah. to, time in life to like get good at really, really good at, at one thing, yeah. maybe like one and a half
1: <laughs> and, uh, maybe one day motocross would be my half. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see a world where you just bought a ranch somewhere in Austin and you've just got like four wheelers and Polaris razors and Bobcats <laughs> and dirt
2: bikes. I think a, I think a a goal is like having a compound, right? Have like a little little supercross track, maybe some trails. Uh, like a nice little like a little skate park would be sick as well. Pond to go fishing. Like uh, I like I like my space, and um, you know, I'll
1: do it all one day, man. Dude, men are just the fucking easiest creatures to figure out. Like, just give give me a farm, (laughs) yeah, give me toys, and just let me do my shit. A bonfire after six p.m. I'm good to go, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just cook everything on fire. (laughs) Yeah, like we just need meat. It's fucking pretty pretty much the dream for sure, for sure. Uh, So, when did you? When was the like the the cutoff point for the dirt bike? Then basically, like, so you basically decide to go pro with the jiu-jitsu shit and that was kind of it yeah so um
2: i like when i was like 20 years old we my brother and i were riding like pretty consistently you know every other weekend at least two two three times a month right and um at this time i'm working uh at this time i dropped out of college my freshman year and i'm working in like uh I'm working like as a bouncer a few nights a week. I'm also working at Home Depot and uh, I might've been doing something else as well, but working uh, quite a few jobs. And then and then one of the bouncers were like, uh, actually a few of the bouncers were training jujitsu and they kept telling me that, how jujitsu is better than wrestling And i was like this is impossible like i'll i'll beat your ass you know what i mean so uh they challenged me to to like go to their gym i go over there i train with them they couldn't do anything to me i like take them down submit them with like you know like a shitty rear naked choke i didn't have any technique but <laughs> yeah. i had athleticism and uh, yeah. and knowledge but just by watching watching fighting and and being a wrestler for for since i was like 12 you know what i mean and then um Soon after that I started training every day and by my second week of training uh, I enter like a local tournament uh, at, at like a higher At the open levels Which yeah. it could be white belts or black belts Whatever And I beat everybody uh, Some local brown belts and black belts I scored like In the tournament I scored like 80 something <laughs> uh, 90, so 90 points Yeah Like almost 90 <laughs> points to zero And um, I submitted most of my opponents so like Which just just really bad technique But I'm explosive And I have an awareness You know what I mean and um, from there, I just continue to keep competing. And by about um, by about month three, I uh, I get the invite to go, to start training up in New York under under John Danaher. For those of you that don 't know john danher is the is the goat of uh, jiu jitsu coaching right yeah. he 's a, he's a mastermind he studies all he studies every all aspects of the sports and um, you know he 's developed really really great athletes inclu- including myself so I get the invite to go train with him, but the problem is that i 'm in South Jersey he's in he's in new york city in manhattan it's about it's about two and a half hour drive no traffic with traffic like three to five hours so i decided to start uh driving up there consistently every every day it's like so sometimes six to eight hour round trip and um and i needed gas money you know what i mean (laughs) it's expensive it was like i had to pay for gas Um, Like almost 50 bucks in tolls a day parking every day was 50 bucks and then uh food and you know, i'm I'm sure i'm missing something else um, but yeah, so like 100 to 150 bucks every day And uh, when I committed to jujitsu, I completely quit all my jobs And I just had this this pretty bike sitting at my parents house. I was like all right time to go You know what I mean? Yeah, I I was just full fully committed. So I I sent it. I I sold the bike um I think at the time it must have been like a maybe like a 2016 uh YZ450 and uh grand I probably had no business being on a 450 you know what i mean <laughs> but i'm like oh more power is always better which is absolutely not not correct um but yeah i sold that i got a couple bucks and, and that that uh helped me out for uh you know maybe a, a couple months and until until i was able to figure out you know uh, no, another stream of income to continue to uh to, to train consistently. So that was kind of a a sad point, you know, letting the bike go, but uh, it's all good. Everything happens for a reason. And um, I I knew, I knew in my heart that uh, this is something I needed to do. So I, I kept driving up to North Jersey, right? I pretty much at the time I started, I have like, I have like, um, like twelve months until the ADCC World Championships, right? For those of you that don't know, 80cc World Championships is the Olympics of Jiu Jitsu. Yep. Comes around every two years. There's Olympic trials in in all every country, most countries, you know what I mean, or, or uh, around the world, and you gotta win the trials to make it to the make it to the Olympics. So I end up winning the trials at like uh, maybe eight months of training, and then a few months later, I have I have the ADCC Worlds. And uh, you know, I really needed to like have success at the world so I can I can make money, you know, like I'm spending <laughs> yeah. right now I'm like nine or ten thousand dollars in like credit card debt, like just from just from the simple travel, you know what I mean? It's expensive to travel. So I end up uh in my first year, I end up like uh taking second at, at worlds and boom, I like I go viral a bunch. I'm able to get sponsors, make money uh uh competing in matches and pretty much immediately after that i i got a, an apartment up uh, up in north jersey and uh, i was able to i went for, i cut chopped down my travel time from like six hours to 15 minutes which was absolutely uh incredible and it's pretty much the same price it was like you know monthly i was paying like uh you know over two thousand dollars yeah but you were just saving the time and t- yeah you're exactly. spending the same amount of money but saving the time exactly so it was uh it was definitely a blessing to be able to move up there and train so close and um yeah just continue to improve man
1: dude it's it's such a sick story and i just love the dirt bike side of it too you know like and i've obviously been a big fan of you since you started and it's weird to be doing jujitsu longer than somebody (laughs) like, like you but i was probably doing it for maybe a year before you started and then so i'm doing my thing and you just exploded on the scene and it was crazy like the story you're telling I watched it on the other side of the world just as a fan <laughs> and just as a dude doing jiu-jitsu and, like, you go into the gym and it's like, did you see this fucking Nikki Rod guy at trials? And so it's so sick to be just a fan. And then how we started talking was just through Instagram and I saw that you liked bikes. And I was like, that's so crazy that this dude comes from, like, a moto background. And then to hear that you literally sell your pride and joy to fund your jiu-jitsu <laughs> career and then it pay off the way that it did it's a it's a sick story yeah pretty
2: sick man i uh i'm i think i think riding is like a uh just a great way to like kind of forget about the world you know yeah. what i mean like it it gives you like you have to hyper focus like it's not about like for me, like when I'm riding trails and, and I guess even, even on the track, you have to just focus like what's coming up, what's next, you know what I mean? Right away. you're not thinking about your fucking bills or like anything else, it's just like, yeah, you gotta- And it's
1: forced upon you. Yeah. Like you don't really have a choice. Like once you're out there, you're in that zone Yeah, or you crash. And if your body's naturally trying to not die, so it just kind of like forces you in that zone and you can stay in there, you know?
2: For sure. So you you got the ability, you got the chance to see me ride, right? I'd like you to rate my riding from white belt to black belt. Easily a blue belt. Blue belt, right? I would have given you some stripes
1: Mm -hmm. yesterday. I actually would have, we should have, I should have fucking put some- That would have been so funny. Yeah. I would have rode a few laps with the belt on, blue belt on. (laughs) 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 I would say, yeah, blue belt ability. uh, You were- jumping stuff as well and just you're a natural athlete like that's very clear like anyone that watches you do jiu-jitsu but even moto like you got it was cool too because you were kind of apprehensive, a bit nervous. Obviously, didn't want to get hurt with everything that you've got going on. And then you're even like, oh, could we just do trails, or you know, like maybe go somewhere else? And so there was obvious you're obviously like intimidated it to a degree, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. But from like sending a text, being like, oh, you know, like should we just ride trails? To then just doing laps on the main track of One <laughs> Helen, like it's a pretty sick. Spread of you know where even you thought you were at to where you actually were at, and then yeah, a couple of tips, a couple pointers. Literally, like I basically just said, you're to move up on the seat so that in the corner, so that you put more weight on the front, it'll stop your front pushing away from you. And then the other thing was just like lean into the jump more that, to compensate. Yeah. And then you were just jumping literally everything on the vet track, and, and you were even jumping like the doubles before the start straight at yeah. Helen, which that's technical. Yeah. Yeah. I like a, a good little double. It's
2: like safe enough. You know what I mean? You can like overshoot it and not, not go too crazy, but like I'm hitting the doubles and the the pros are hitting making out a quad. I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. sick. There's levels. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I'm, I'm happy. I did a whole, I did a whole, uh, a whole lap on Glen Helen without falling, you know? So yeah. that was good. First two laps took a, took a light spill. And the third one I, I was like, you know, a bit more conservative, but I got it done.
1: What's the, what was the comparison between the big track and the, the the vet track like how much different was it for you
2: so um what's it what's it called vet track and uh, just main track main I track guess, yeah okay so the main track is so much faster like like even from a visual standpoint everything's very, very wide and like and lengthy but then you come around like, like you have a steep uphill and then you come around a corner and it's just like sends you like fucking 90 degrees <laughs> down and you're looking at this wide open track and you think you're supposed to be going fast. Then right at, at Right at the bottom, you have, like, a little tabletop in a corner, and you're, like, you just carry so much speed in that track. That's insane, man. It's, like, I can't even, like, these guys are probably ripping, like, third or fourth gear going down. Like, bro, I'm in neutral. You know what I mean? I'm cruising. It's intense, man. And then, like, you know, even leading into the corners, you have all these all these bumps and ruts, and it's kind of, like, uh, it's, like, instinctively you want to like, like stay tight on the bike, but you just got to let that thing ride and, and, yeah. and, ca- and catch a rut and, and, and uh, ride it on through. So, you know, it's like, for me, uh, I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my jujitsu. So that kind of transfers a little bit to when I'm riding, I would like want to be in control, but bro, that sometimes a bike rides you, bro. It's true.
1: <laughs> you I will say though, like the, the way that you are able to take on board some technique and then just keep like you and you just stayed out there like we rode pretty much all day like we came in for a couple of drinks yeah i probably killed the whole gas tank at least <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like oh you want to take a break or whatever and you're like no i'm just gonna i'll do a couple more laughs I'm like, oh, respect yeah but yeah like you were able to take take the technique advice and then you're able to just apply it which that obviously there's just like some natural ability then it's like the same thing in jiu-jitsu you know like to to do ADCC. cc trial was it eight months yeah try one trial was at eight months and uh took second out world to uh, about 14 months and there's so much information to pack into your brain at that point you know and there's so much technical advice that you've got to take on so it's it's just was really cool to see like that level of ability that you've got in that you know part of your loft to then just transfer straight to my I was sick.
2: Yeah I, I mean honestly it was great to have to get some advice from somebody knows what they're doing because like even to like learn to jump I was just watching like YouTube videos like I kind of like <laughs> g- grasp like oh you know keep your knees kind of tight like position of the foot but like I, I also missed some stuff like how you were saying you know le- uh, lean your body weight over over the handlebars or close to it um, and that you know kind of stops the kickback of the pick- picking the front wheel up and whatnot and even like you know you're talking about uh me cornering, but like it, sitting high up on the seat makes such a big difference. Even the simple thing of like pointing your toes inward as opposed to outward, like I I felt all the difference hugging the corner when I when I was going through.
1: Yeah, no, it's super cool. And the I never really cared that much about technique in the same way that I do now until I started jujitsu. So it's everything. Well, yeah, because I knew nothing. Like yeah. I went in same as you. You know, fucking nothing. I'd watch UFC forever. And then there is just so many details, and there's so much that you need to learn, and then drill. And I started when I was like really studying jujitsu. I started just to look for concepts mm-hmm. instead of just techniques. And then, like, so one of the concepts is just like you know, underhooks is a is a really good concept, and like uh, when you're passing like if someone's bottom of their feet is pointed towards you like you basically can't put any weight on them and you have to redirect it if they aren't putting or what if they aren't facing you then you can put weight so there's just like all these little things i'd like use in my mind as concepts and then once i was really riding moto again i was like fuck what are the concepts like (laughs) what are the concepts in moto and i just started watching all these videos on youtube and then the one one of the ones that i told you yesterday is like how your kneecap can't go past your front arch of your foot mm-hmm. and it's like that is just the it's so easy to teach like a white belt motocross rider that technique and it's like if you just have that simple thought in your head it's like you almost don't need the technique you just need that like concept and it's the same with like the black on the jump so it's all of that come from understanding how important it is in jiu-jitsu and it was i was able to like kind of apply it so it's it's kind of cool i i think that's an important uh, aspect like uh, for me when i'm trying to get better at, at jiu-jitsu
2: i i think i kind of get introspective i'm like i look at myself and i'm like if i was to beat myself how would i do it and i kind of feel <laughs> yeah. kind of fill in the gaps from there and uh i'm sure the best motocross riders kind of probably do the same thing
0: yeah
1: and i think it, as well in jiu-jitsu you're taught to drill mm-hmm. and you're taught to do specific training rounds and it's such a structured way of learning the sport and it does work i think that that you've got to kind of go outside of the that structure as well but in moto bro i just used to fucking go to the track suck <laughs> come off the track <laughs> wonder why it sucked have a drink go back suck even worse but like, repeat the fucking process yeah and yeah, like actual training in something else that was very technique based. I was just, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to the moto track and only do like, like a flow roll essentially and like work on specific things. And then I spent just all year working on technique, a couple months working on or a month or two, working on like going faster. Mm-hmm. And I got so much better at riding in a year. Yeah, um, if you were a
2: young kid, Getting anyone, you're like, Motocross is what I want to do in in life. Who who are you watching?
1: Jet Lawrence. Jet Lawrence, (laughs) without a doubt. Yeah, well, he's just so he's so perfectly on display Mm. with technique. Deegan has amazing technique as well, but he's down to operate outside the box. He's about he's like he's down to put a bit of spice on it. Uh. So you can get like lost in the sauce in a way. Like if you watch him and then you you're thinking you need to do extra than what you actually do yeah whereas jet is just like very just up and down just does he ha- is it considered like what he does like
2: like the basics technique does he does it does he do the basics really good or does he have like advanced techniques like he does
1: different stuff when he's riding everything everything huh like literally everything mm-hmm. but his his just basic technique like you could pause this is how you should be able to tell if you've got good technique is you should be able to just pause a video of you riding at any time and you're with there's just like boxes that you need to be within it's like you could draw a box around your hips you could draw a box around your head you could draw a box around your feet you could draw a box around your feet uh, the mudguard, and if you could pause a shot and like draw those boxes and everything would be Hmm. in the right spot but then like there's some clips i don't know you've commented on a couple things i've posted but there was there's this one of jet at millville and he does this jump and he's like whipping a little bit oh no he, it looks like he's gonna case it mm-hmm. so then he just tilts his bike a little bit and then he puts it back and it is like perf- literally perfect really it was not one wheel out of place it was Fucking retarded.
2: would that be considered like a, a like he made a mistake so he saved it or he was just on it the whole time? Dude, who knows? Who knows,
1: yeah? <laughs> like, he's just that freakish yeah. in that way to where it's like he just knows exactly where to put the bike, he knows every part of it. He's like it's full on. Did you yesterday uh the, this Red Bull video come out with the mm-hmm. those two brothers mm-hmm. and we did like a skills challenge? And there's a it's fucking insane. So one of the challenges was like a distance jumping. So they we literally wrote on a pit board forty five feet. And there was like these lines look like a gridiron kind of thing. Yeah. And then they had to jump with their rear tire on the number. Like just like a golf, you know, yeah. shot challenge. Bro, he was within like two feet. Damn. So so he hold out a pit board <laughs> yeah. on the run up to the jump and it'll be like 55 60 whatever and then he just jumped that far to within like two feet wow that's impressive insane dude yeah so just that crazy level of technique there's and there's brothers right hunter and yeah. lawrence yeah. is there a substantial uh skill difference between the two Nah, i think it's more um i think it's just more physical mm. like i think jet is just physically more gifted than than hunter is and mm. there's a part in that video too where jet is they they had like an olympic tennis player and it was just basically smashing serves had him like as fast as he could and there's a fucking shot of jet fully outstretched like toes on the ground all the way outstretched like just full-blown fast twitch muscle fibers on on display so i honestly think that's just it like i think genetically he's just a bit superior in that way you know yeah that's sick i um you know i rode crow uh I did some, uh,
2: some motocross laps, uh, towards the end of, uh, maybe like six years ago, right? Kind of before, right before I got into jujitsu. And, um, you know, going from trail riding, which is relatively safe, right, to a motocross track, I would see these young kids get like knocked out on the track. And I was like, damn, this is like, this is practice. Like you're not even in a race, you know what I mean? They're training like this. So quite intense, kind of discouraged me from from trying (laughs) to
1: any serious, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) moto sessions. Well, my dude, my wife, she fully doesn't get it. Yeah. She's just like, this is actually fucking insane. Like, the, the level that you can get hurt for literally nothing. But yeah. it's just one of those sports that once you've been doing it forever, it's just, I don't know, it's like it's in your blood. But, dude, yeah. I think the same thing, <laughs> man. I'm like, fuck, this is gnarly. <laughs> yeah. You ever rode in uh, in New Jersey? Any motors no, out there? But no, but there is the sickest scene out there. Yeah. Like, there actually is epic tracks epic riders like and they've got their there's a a crew boy i'm trying to think if they like call themselves anything just if you remember but anyway they ride in like all these sand quarries and like they're just like hard fucking yeah. <laughs> like mass they're like massachusetts crew you know mm. so just like that old school fucking boston vibe and they just fully rip bro i see i, I need see. to get
2: out i need to get out there jersey yeah they got some good some good trails got some tracks here and there
1: comes comes and goes yeah and there's plenty of fast riders from there like jason lawrence yeah from out there justin basher that's your boy i feel yeah. like you i feel like you and basher get would
2: get along pretty well maybe I, li- I like his attitude he's quite quite aggressive is there any uh like
1: is there any deductions or penalties for like um contact nah no huh Nah, they can get gnarly with it if it's like really bad yeah. if they the thing that gets them is retaliation Mm. So like that's when you'll get in trouble. Like what prevents somebody from just like kicking you off a bike when they're next to you? Nothing. Nothing, huh? I just put a leg out if you want. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the guys do it, eh? Yeah, really. Like there's there's been some fucking big big shots taken. Like last year, especially at the start of the season, the dudes were fucking going for it. Man. <laughs> like it was insane. Damn, that's there nice. was some like legit clean outs. But yeah, they don't no, they don't get in trouble. And the only time you'll get in trouble i remember i think chad reed got black flagged once because canard took him out and then he just got up cut the track i'm just fucking <laughs> <put> the <laughs> dude out Jeez. so that i think they i think they black flagged him for that but it's pretty much like open season which is fucking gnarly it's pretty gnarly yeah um is there
2: a I remember yesterday you said some like only like four people were when the
1: season uninjured. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking, that's a terrible rate. It's a terrible statistic. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine 80 CC goes down and only four people get through all their yeah. matches uninjured. And it's not like there's only a, a few, uh, riders. Like there's quite a bit of guys that yeah. get on the track. Yeah. 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 I think just the blacks are so fast now. The, there's so much talk and they're going so fast mm-hmm. and they're, the skill level so high that even when the tracks are just completely destroyed, like there would be there would be stuff. Like if I kept riding Glen Helen yesterday, there's probably stuff that I'd stop doing if that makes sense because it started getting so rough. Mm. Like there's you know you got the finish line jump and the big track and then the little tabletop and then you go right before the those uh, the triple thing that the guys are doing. Mm-hmm. That up ramp there gets so fucked that there's a point where I just stop jumping it <laughs> really, yeah. and you're kind of like rolling it basically just making sure that you do not get kicked over the handlebars yeah but the guys that are good don't give a fuck and they just keep going and going and no matter no matter how bad the track gets no matter how bad the whoops get they just still fucking send it. It's kind of interest. It's almost hard to comprehend how somebody's able to hit uh,
2: some of some of the jumps. So like when we see the lip of a ramp towards the end of the race, and it's just it's yeah. so deeply rutted. I'm like yeah. I, I can't comprehend it. Even like staying straight, send, is sending
1: it off the top of this thing. Oh, and then like you said, then you've got four dudes either side of you. Yeah, and you're twenty <laughs> minutes in, your forearms are fucked. So the level. It's so hard to get across to people how gnarly it is, what they're actually doing. And for everybody else, you just go, okay, I can't jump that. Like, that's what I do. I'm like, okay, now I don't jump that jump. The rut's too big, it's too gnarly, and I'm not gnarly enough. And those guys, no. There's just no, no ceiling to how fucking gnarly those dudes are and the lengths that they're willing to go. And, I mean, a win, dude, is probably worth, like, When Jet crosses the finish line and wins a supercross four fifty race, like he's probably making nearly two hundred grand. Yeah. And then he does that the next weekend. And then he does that the next weekend. And then so that's a lot of cheese on yeah. the lawn and these boys are just fucking dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you think uh like some something like the lawrence pros what's their training regimen like because for me as a jiu-jitsu athlete like i know what i do i i do jiu-jitsu every day uh seven days a week and uh i lift pretty practically every day as well you know if not seven six six times a week um and i just do that consistently like it's what i'm accustomed to but I, i'm very curious to like you know, uh, the highest level uh, motocross guys, like what's, what's their routine
1: like? So you'd pretty much have, uh, Sunday would be a travel day mm-hmm. like this. So this is in season. Um, Monday, I'm pretty sure they would be on the bike. Uh, they'd probably ride two to three times a week in season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it'd be gym basically on the days that they'd ride. They might have like one day off with like some active recovery, stretching, like light gym workout. But dude, it's pretty much ride. Train, ride, train like so. You're doing two days, basically having some strategic days off, and then you've got travel days. But then in the off season, they do like gnarly boot camps where they'll like this time right now is just grind, grind like long ass cycle bike rides, two hours, and then they'd be riding and then in the gym. So yeah, probably three a days in the in the off season. Hmm. But a big thing with Moto that Jiu Jitsu doesn't have is you've kind of I'd be interested to get your take on this. Have you ever worn like heart rate monitors and stuff when you've trained or? or I've I've worn it uh, for hard cardio sessions, but not not necessarily jujitsu training. I'd be interested to see what your heart rate did in like a good ten minute, like a ten minute roll or like a hard or if you do twenty or thirty, whatever. I know how much water I lose. Like I could lose probably in a ten minute roll
2: like two two plus pounds of water if if I'm at peak. You know what I mean? If I'm going at it. Um, but like in a, in a session I can lo- in like a, an hour training session, I can lose like, you know, five to eight pounds of water, depending how hard I'm, uh,
1: uh, I'm pressing. Are, are you drinking a fuck ton of water then?
2: Cause yeah. even yesterday
1: you drank a lot of water.
2: Yeah. Most days I do a gallon and, um, at, at minimum and then plus a ton of electrolytes. Like, um, yep. I do a, I do a liquid IV or a lot of times I like something more salty. So I'll take a, a scoop of dry powder Gatorade and I'll have, I'll add half a, half a teaspoon of, um, uh, of good salt, like some Celtic salt to it, which is like, you know, 1,200 milligrams. And I'll have like one or two of those a day like ba- around my training sessions. For me, sodium is like- a, it's it, Huge, It's eh? absolutely huge. It's not only good for the body, but it's also good for the brain as well. Yeah. They say like you need good, good amount of healthy salts to like, you know, um, for just to, to be
1: cognitively sharp. Yeah. Yeah, so they- With moto, you basically know the zones you're in heart rate wise. Mm -hmm. So they can actually, because it's so consistent, like you're kind of in a max effort for 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So they can tell what heart rate zones that they're in. So they'll do a specific set of training. So that's why they all road cycle so much because you can elevate your heart rate to like a zone fucking whatever, four or five. Yeah. And then you can keep that zone. And then you can basically manage the power ratio that you're putting into the pedals with the zone. And you just like the trainer basically says like, Hey, this is where you have to live. <laughs> yeah. And it's just suffer the fuck out of it you know until you hit these numbers basically. So that's one of the big things that a lot of the guys do. Um, if I was doing a cycle, I feel like I would
2: get something for the handlebars to like vibrate or force arm pump. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like that'd be a great advantage to just to be able to deal with the worst arm pump while you're doing this intense cardio.
1: Well, I think a lot, I think they do a lot of um, like, they'll get handlebars that have kind of like balls on the bottom of them and you're doing like push ups and shit like that. Oh, yeah. But man, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu fully helped arm pump for me. Yeah. Like jiu-jitsu and technique. And then when I when I trained in Vegas the other day, because I haven't been rolling much while I was doing the World vets thing. And I just I literally had that motherfuckers sleeve <laughs> for like four <laughs> minutes. Eh? And I was he was looking at my hand like, what the fuck is going on? And so I think it kind of actually goes both ways. Like I've done so much moto over this year that yeah like grip strength <laughs> it was fucking insane but for jujitsu it definitely helped the arm pump as well for sure
2: like when i was uh, i'm i'm really known for um this passing style called body locking body lock passing and i, I saw yeah, it. it's not it's called roddy lock. roddy lock yeah exactly yeah lock. <laughs> yeah for the roddy lock <laughs> passing i saw instructionals and whatnot on it but um it really helped uh my forearm like growth like I remember when my brother started jiu-jitsu as well. That's like one of the first things I showed him is the body lock pass. And like nowadays – i'm i have like 30 or 40 pounds on him but our forearms are like the same size <laughs> fucking rock solid bro because you're just like you're attached to this guy and like at, before you learn really good technique you're just like squeezing and yeah. pulling the whole time yeah. and eventually you understand like body positioning you and it takes less effort and more because you're more technical and bro it
1: kills your forearms at first man so um
2: yeah i mean i get my own version of arm pump you know
1: yeah that was, i was saying yesterday that, that time in thailand when i went and did that camp bro like five months into G- jiu-jitsu seven days of like two a day training sessions and i was going home doing the ice (laughs) bath every single every single day but it was it definitely helped like the moto for sure yeah really oh yeah 100 100 i
2: think i think it's funny how you how you say you know uh jiu-jitsu helps the moto in the in the technical aspect because uh i feel like a lot of times um you just like people just get caught in this rhythm and they don't actually like observe themselves like it's important to to look at yourself and see like what you're doing because like it's it's great to have good to have great reactions but if you want to improve those reactions you really have to like kind of mentally think about it so like when I, uh, like nowadays, I, I coach like twice a week at, at my gym, along with my teammates, we all coach about twice a week. Um, and like coaching helps me yeah. l- like break down the moves like uh, mentally, cause I like, I'm so used to just like reacting. I have these awesome reactions that I'm always trying to implement. But then once I slow it down, it's like, oh, maybe I could be doing this a little bit better. Like put my foot here, grab his hand this way. So, you know, I, I respect a man that could just like, kind of like really look at themselves and like, okay, I do have these reactions but also i also have room for
1: improvement oh dude i look at i look at my whole life as a project yeah (laughs) Yeah, and that's what makes my life kind of fun and you know the podcast is a project it's just it's never good not like everything in this room sucks right now there's a fucking hundred things that i need to do better i'm behind on this it's just i could do better Motocross. I'm fucking terrible at that. Like, I could do so much better. And then, jujitsu, like, you pick, I've picked these lanes in my life that I want to do good at. And it just, everything's a fucking project at that point, you know? And it's for me, going to the track and trying to get better. Like, even yesterday, there was a bunch of parts on the the vet track where I was just fully working on technique the Mm -hmm. whole time. Like, the way we were pulling off the track there's like that those two inside ruts there yeah it's like i know one of my things for me to go faster on a bike i need to get more comfortable leaning more so and that corner was so shit to lean yeah because it's like like a flat flat turns are terrible yeah and it had like this tiny little rut like rocks in it and that that's really hard to lean right Mm -hmm. so yeah yesterday i was just pointing my toe in staying like square like leaning comfortably smooth throttle and it's just that's fun to me like what's i just don't see the point of going out and just burning mindless laps fully cooking yourself and then almost having like nothing to show for it in a sense
2: yeah know. i kind of i kind of liked how you were like you chose a certain part of the track and you you would complete it and then cut the track come back around and do it a few times that's something i've never done but i would definitely like to implement it because like you know like on the vet track you had this uh, section of like, like three tabletops in a, in a row and like to get good at it I, I, don't, I don't see why you wouldn't just do that section until you're like almost have it perfect and then move on to uh, uh the later section oh for sure and dude that's just a
1: specific round
2: a specific round yeah it's a positional round yeah exactly (laughs) so it's just
1: the same it's yeah copying the that same philosophy of like okay i'm just gonna have a dude on my back for an hour yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i'm probably gonna get choked 50 times yeah but you just learn to like you said be comfortable in those positions and play in those positions but yeah because it there's so much it's just basic shit that that works in every sport you know like the dudes with the most solid fundamentals like i don't know if you watch mason's round on the weekend but it it, was his match but it was just like the most basic shit like he fucking americana to do it's like you literally learn that the first day you do jujitsu yeah and it's like there's just there's an infinite amount of details in the most basic shit and it's like you can just get lost in it forever. It's very true.
2: Very true. Yeah, Mason uh, Fowler had a had a pretty good match. Shout out to UFC Fight Pass, man, because they're really honestly helping our helping our sport grow. And uh, you know we're doing our our part as athletes, but like to have somebody like UFC involved in jiu-jitsu is just going to elevate the game tremendously.
1: So future respect. It was awesome, man. Like I hadn't, I've never been to a UFC like actual card, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's much better and different. But as far as the jiu-jitsu event goes. Like I've been to a lot of those and it was fucking cool. Like we we got in super small. Like it was, was, I don't know. Like you kind of almost felt cool being there. Like it was so small in a sense. But yeah, like really good TV, really good production. The matches were awesome. The negative points, bro game changer yeah absolute <laughs> you have to be game. offensive the whole time dude and even from the bottom you yeah. like because you can definitely lay down and not get submitted yeah. like that is if you're a black belt like that's just something just like, you, like, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's something you can <laughs> and you've probably practiced it a lot but there just wasn't a fucking option and so many submissions come off the back of guys getting like negative point after <laughs> negative point because that's one of the shit parts about jiu-jitsu is that there's definitely a lot of like stalling and disengagement playing playing the rules and whatnot dude yesterday
2: you put me on the stark the stark motors all right i was i was first of all i was uh i was intimidated by by this bike right (laughs) (laughs) first off just it looks like it, it just looks different than a bike you know what i mean and then you go to you go to turn it on no noise, no. Like, I'm like, is this is this thing running right? Uh, you hit the gas and it's like sneaky power, a, little, a bit silent but deadly, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and then and it's all, it's like mountain bike brakes, kind of, right? So yeah. like, I remember, uh, you know, the fir- the first couple of laps, it's like it's it's too easy to go too fast on that bike. It, the power comes, it, like when you're on a regular bike you, you're you listening to the engine you're feeling it so yep. like you kind of you know when things are coming this thing's just always it's always in the power
0: band. <laughs> it's you always know? on
2: it's always in the power band. it's it's always on it's very interesting the ride it was messing me up a little bit because I'm, I'm so used to the clutch and the and the and the foot brake being and the foot brake being the back brake and like i'm sliding in the corners i'm like oh fuck i'm really like you know <laughs> it's a uh, kind of a uh, boggling my brain a little bit but i felt like it rode really good i was, i think i was anticipating it to be like a, a bit not, heavy and awkward kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah like not not so well balanced but like even in the air it felt it felt really good so you know it's it maybe has a future on the on the on the motocross track you never know
1: dude honestly like i got that thing a week before so i had been training for this race for a whole year right yeah and i had built like the sickest 350 or like factory suspension it was fucking mint And then the the guys from Stark were like, hey, we got your bike. If you can race it. Because I sort of said right at the start of the year, I'd love to race it on a Stark. And then I was like, well, it's not happening. I don't have one. I got the thing on the fucking Tuesday before the race. And I was just instantly faster on it. And I was like, motherfucker. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely up to race this. And I chucked the... So yesterday, the tire was pretty fried, right? Mm. And for the race, I had a brand new like Dunlop scoop tire. So it's like... Going up the hills, bro. I was literally in the race and I was just behind some dudes and I'm going, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to wait to the hill. And I just make sure I was behind them going up the hill. And I would just pass like two, three people up the hill every single wow. time I went up it. It was in fucking insane. You think it's equal to like a
2: 450 or more power? More
1: power than a more 450. Power. That's yeah. so insane, dude. I don't know what, because the, the display screen wasn't working. Mm-hmm um or like i just didn't hook it up when you rode it but i rode it and i was like oh, okay it must have been like 45 horsepower or something when you rode it <laughs> that was plenty it's got 80 <laughs> bro <laughs> yeah 80 dude
2: that is plenty it's so like uh i don't know, it just sneaks up on you because like it, like i said you're used to hearing the engine and it's just silent like a little rc car but man that thing rips bro
1: i i as much as i love that bike i really respected when you did like two laps on it and you went I want to ride the two fifty. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was like,
2: my man, dude. I like, I. It's something about like hearing that combustion engine. It's beautiful, fucking man. You know, yeah.
1: You want want that shit? I was waiting for you to ask for the four fifty.
2: No, I'm good, bro. I've had my time. I, I. Whenever I bought like a uh, a bike that bike by myself I, it was a 450 and I just understand the power too much I'm like I will I will do this thing dirty like <laughs> like you know I don't deserve to be on this 450 you know what I mean for me a guy like me I'll only get the most out of it out of like a, a straightaway you know what I mean but to be on the track it's just so unnecessary even like a 250 as heavy as I am that thing will pull yeah. me out of second gear and no problem you know what I mean so um fuck 450 is just it's it's a fucking beast
1: then it's a dragon you're riding you know (laughs) dude i've been saying for years like literally the whole church of 350 thing like that's i'm almost can't ride a 450 basically like that's (laughs) how hard i fucking rode that donkey but that yamaha 450 is so much fun like yesterday i was just living the dream it's like a you remember in moto gp when Ducati was like they just had this crazy engine and they didn't really turn that good. But just on the straights, they just eat everybody. Yeah, It feels like it has that kind of motor, but the bike actually does turn good as well. But it's such a, that's a unique motor in motorcycle. Do you think the, like the ergonomics of it is different from the 250, like substantially? No, I think it's very similar. Very similar. Yeah, huh? yeah. Super, mm. super similar. But so those bikes, the on a normal bike, right? You got the seat, you got the rear mud guard, you got the front mudguard. Normally, the air filters back here, right? Yeah. And then the air gets sucked into the engine and then it goes out the exhaust and back around. The Yamaha literally flipped the head around. The air comes like from where the fuel tank on a normal bike is, basically. It gets sucked straight down into the motor and then just straight out the back. So they've got this fully unique motor design and it sucked for years like they just couldn't like you remember james won his championship the last ch- championships he won on the yamaha uh-huh. and then he went on to that new the new jgr yamaha okay. and he just fucking cartwheeled the thing Like well, it just spat him <laughs> off everywhere so that was them doing that like they just didn't get the motor right and now dude i mean 10 years (laughs) later they've just fully fucking nailed it and that bike is actually an animal they figured it out huh oh yeah and i always felt like the sickest dude in the world yes (laughs) 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 even though i wasn't yeah i i also
2: i realized that i don't need a 450 when like there was a i Back in the day, I bought a 2016 uh, YZ250, like a two stroke, mm. and for trail riding, it's like it's so much more nimble, just nimble, and yeah, wide. yeah, yeah. And you can just—it's just so fun to stay in the power band. You just hear that thing screaming down the trails. It's like they know you're coming. That they also hear you going. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I like. It's hard for me to imagine ever getting the most out of a four fifty. So I stay I tried my best to stay in my lane, you know what I mean? So what would you buy? You'd get a Yamaha 250 four-stroke or two stroke? No, I go four stroke just because of the maintenance. I do, I do really enjoy the the two strokes. I think it sounds great. Um it's funner to ride because like the way the power band just picks you up. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a it's like a um I know they're kind of left in the past but uh, two strokes are you know, even the smell is different you know um, I would really I'd prefer to if I had a mechanic I'd ride two stroke but I'm not <laughs> I'm not playing with no carburetors or you know <laughs> nothing like that yeah. gas it, I'm not mixing oil mixing uh, gas you know what I mean but uh, yeah I'd go uh, 250 four stroke and uh, I probably get two of those, one for me and, and the little bro and we, we'd we go ride. I feel like I, I'm probably just going to go buy some bikes uh, once I get back to Austin. Now you guys geared me up, shout out Alpine, Alpine Stars. You know what I mean? So uh, I might as well hop back on. I'm just going to play it safe though. I'm probably, I'm going to, you know, either hit local tracks or uh, we have like a Metropolitan Park, which is like a uh, a trail that everybody can go ride. And uh, I'll probably just say, you know, do my best to stay on the ground. I can, like you said, I can jump what, blue belt, but uh, I'm probably a little, slightly better on the trails on the ground. So I'm going to st-
1: probably stick with that. Well, if you listen to this podcast and you live in Austin, that's where that's where Nikki's from. So if you're a moto person and you're from Austin or near Austin, send him a DM. Get him hooked up on, yeah. the, on the tracks. We need some nice, loamy, prepped, soft, no big jumps. So that the boys can come out and just get their freak on. Let's go ride. Stay safe together. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go ride and come back home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I reckon that'd be like a ton of people that would would definitely take you riding.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm sure that we got some guys that have like ranches as well. Probably got their own private tracks. There's good money out there in Austin. (laughs) That's what I mean. There's
1: someone listening (laughs) that's like, dude, I got the perfect track for you, bro. And just get a a couple of 250s. What Have you got a truck? Yeah, I got an F-150 at home. Oh, shit. Bro, you're there. There There was a guy there was a guy that commented on your post from walters um, mercedes yesterday uh-huh. and i literally dm'd him because i'm trying to buy a sprinter. <laughs> yeah. he's like trying to sell you a sprinter yesterday That's and i'm like hey uh, i kind of need to get a, yeah. <laughs> get a sprinter too bro. yeah i got the i, I bought the f-150 because i like i
2: always knew i was going well, r- to be riding constant, right? yeah you need you need a truck in in texas uh and also we were riding uh we we're riding mountain bikes for a little bit because like i had the perception that it'd be safer than uh than being on dirt <laughs> bikes I don't think they are dude. No, no. They're they're not safer. Uh, it's all also you ha- to have the same amount of fun on the dirt bike, like on the ground, you probably need to be jumping on, on a, uh, yeah. on a mountain bike to have that same, like adrenaline rush. So, um, we, <laughs> my brother and I bought mountain bikes, like a couple of treks and, you know, we were happily, sent, uh, happily shredding trails safely for like a couple of weeks. And then my, my brother pulls up to a, like a jump, like a pretty, uh, like a step down and, um, he's like, you're gonna, you gonna jump. I was like, nah, bro. Like, I'm a professional athlete. I'm I'm good. I'm not interested. He's like, I'm doing it. I was like, I was like, you shouldn't. And then before you know it, he jumps. I'm like, fuck it. All right. Can't let him outdo me. I jump. And then every time he wrote after that, we start, we start jumping. And then fast forward like three weeks, he fucking shatter he shatters his <laughs> collarbone on the very like on a very simple um tabletop. He just like kind of over jumps it and gets sideways a little bit and you know, the ground is hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ground is hard. So I was like, all right, maybe we'll go back to dirt bikes, you know. <laughs> keep it, keep, keep what we're good at, you know. We've never really been – uh we don't really, like, go too crazy on the bike, so we stay pretty safe on uh, on
1: the dirt bike. So maybe just stick with that, you know. The mountain bikes are just so unassuming. You just look at it and you're like, it's just a fucking bike. Like, how hard? Yeah. <laughs> but um, on a dirt bike, you're like, you know that there's some – there's some complexity you here. respect you, it you have to you know that there, there, there has to be respect yeah. and now like, you was just like fuck this little thing yeah. like, we're, we're good
2: yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and they're pretty advanced now you know everything's got like really good like fox suspension and yeah. front, front and back but uh what blocks did you get yeah i had a trek uh slash and my brother has like a trek like the almost equivalent but not the downhill like Slash is like downhill and uh some other shit but yeah expensive bikes like mine was like three his was like uh uh, 2500 you know so good
1: bikes yeah that i've being fucked up riding mountain bikes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, yeah. It, it's so easy for that yeah. shit to go wrong i'd be at the at the store
2: like you know looking at helmets and shit and i just ask around like uh like you guys stay pretty safe on this and like everybody's yeah i broke a collarbone an elbow like i'm like oh this is not a good sign <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody's a little banged up have you run the clips have you ever run the clip pedals uh
1: no no uh just just flat <laughs> pedals you imagine that shit no i don't want to be stuck on anything dude, bro I, I used to race downhill mountain bikes with uh-huh. clipped in fucking pedals oh that's the dumbest shit of all time bro that's scary bro <laughs> no i got a pair of
2: vans and flat pedals i'm sticking with it bro that's you want to be able to eject yeah oh yeah, yeah. i just need that fucking <laughs> dude yeah for sure for sure ejecting yeah <laughs> yeah fuck i i've uh i've been in some sticky situations um like jumping, uh... Jumping in, in Jersey We have this track called um, Like Field of Dreams It's in, in Millville, New Jersey And it's just yeah. like You know Decent local track um, But when I was like Kind of learning The basics of, of jumping I'd like I'd always give it Too much throttle Off the lip And my front wheel I'd just be like Fucking facing the moon <laughs> And I'd be like Grabbing the clutch Stomping on the back brake Trying to get her down And like You know You land And the engine shuts off And then, fucking, <laughs> and then you're going Yeah Then jump. you're going again Yeah So Had some learning to do But you know had some i think god was looking over me because i was like
1: very close to getting injured you know <laughs> who who were like the influences that you had back then in moto
2: yeah uh I, honestly i i watched a lot of uh you know bubble versus Carmichael. Marco. I, yeah. I i like i like that rivalry um who were you who were you team your team rc or team bubba uh i mean i rc was better right but you can't deny like i remember watching bubba jump over the, you remember that wall he just yeah. fucking cleared yeah. like that's that's insane bro he would see you would see him race and either he would win or he would get knocked out that's the <laughs> only way it would end it. and bro anybody that can fully commit to every race he was like either i'm gonna die or i'm gonna fucking win i fully respect that man so it's hard for me to pick sides um uh, but fuck, man, just a good rivalry is is what the sports need, you know what I mean? And then also, I like I like Marcia, you know, he was riding Yamaha for a while. I'm a Yamaha guy,
1: so uh, you know, I respect that. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. It's so true about James, but I like if, the way you just like the way you describe it is so just bang on accurate. Yeah. like he just it's like that fucking song "Ready to Die." Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. Just play Biggie, James Stewart, "Ready to Die." Yeah, like that's a fucking video that needs to get made because he would just absolutely send it
2: yeah i also I'm, i watched um one of his older clips he, he was like almost dead last and ended yeah. up winning the race yeah that's like that's buds, mind-blowing bro. buds
1: creek 2004 buds, yeah and he was on a 125 and everyone <laughs> else was pretty much on 250s damn that's and he just fucking sent that thing i think in like one lap he'd almost passed off the field that's crazy
0: <laughs>
2: but know? like that's where like
1: athleticism plays a part right like you know
2: it's uh you see you see a lot of these guys like they might be unassuming but pretty athletic you know you got to be quite athletic to be able to maneuver your body and, and have the the timing and the mental acuity to stay stay attached to that thing man
1: oh yeah and i just the thing that i respect so much cuz i don't have it is just like the fucking want the one yeah (laughs) not everybody's got that bro no like i just don't fuck like i can sit there and say like i want to be good at motocross but like do i yeah (laughs) like how much do i want to be good at that sport because like i just don't know that i'm prepared well i do know that i'm not yeah yeah (laughs) to do some of that shit yeah i honestly i found
2: i found that very soon when you know my first couple times at a track i would see guys like you know really flying through the air and then like have severe consequences like leaving on a stretcher i'm like "Ah, i'm good
1: i'm good like i'll stick with what i know but don't do you think that's just a matter of like you just incrementally get better over such a long period of time like do you think that because you're a pretty good case of this right like anyone could look at your career and be like what the fuck's like the most talented person of all time but then do you view it as talent or is there just like this crazy amount of work that's gone in that people don't see, you know? Well, I definitely like in order to do what I've done, you have to have God given
2: attributes, right? I have a massive uh, dick that definitely helps, you know, <laughs> uh, for sure helps. Um, I have, um, yeah, quality attributes. Like, you know, I had an amazing frame. Also something that I've done, uh, that really not many other people have done is, After my last match in um, wrestling in high school, right, I lost. I lost like in the in the state tournament, and I, in my opinion, I lost because I was like substantially weaker. So I was wrestling at like 170 pounds, and was cutting from like maybe 185. And right immediately after I go home that night, I watched the movie Pain and Gain, yeah. with The Rock and Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and I'm like, you <laughs> dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna lift some fucking weights, right? Oh. So I start going on YouTube and watching all these influencers and, and bodybuilders, and um, and uh, I start I start lifting weights the day after that match, and I continue to lift weights like as a bodybuilder for the next seven, eight, eight to eight years. But within the first six months, dude, I blew up. I went from Cutting to like uh, cutting from 185 so maybe after wrestling season I'm like 190 but then I blew up to like 215 ish Um and all from eating my body weight and protein every single day and lifting hard and I was like 17 years old so my body was just it was ready to grow you know yeah. what I mean. So I continue to lift like that style for the next, uh, like seven years or so. Uh, so I, I like bulletproof my body. You know, I built, I put on a lot, a, a lot of, a uh, lot of muscle and it's natural muscle. Like you see a lot of guys in my, in the sport of jiu-jitsu that uh, abuse PEDs and they blow up when they compete, you know, they get, like gain like forty pounds and then immediately after their competition you look at them a month later and they're like this small, skinny, scrawny guy again. So um, you know, what I did is I I put the work in, I put the consistency in and I was able to build a body that's not going anywhere. Yeah. So so I don't have these like ups and downs in training. So I'm very consistent with my food, uh, with my with my exercise, both in the gym and and uh, I'm sorry, both on the mats and in the gym. And um, what I'm also very consistent about is my sleep. Yep. Every day I make sure so I get so massive, dude. Bro. Sleep. If you're if you're a natural athlete, sleep is the steroid. So I make sure I'm laying in bed like 10 hours to get eight hours. Uh, in addition, I do some things to help my sleep, like I try to do no blue light or bright lights. Uh, like b- pretty much 90 minutes before bed. Um, I try to go to bed like all, closer to a, a full stomach Um, and I try to I try to go to bed pretty hydrated as well um and uh, dude for me Sleep is absolute king People ask me How can I train every day For years on end And sleep is Is my number one People don't value it enough They think They, they kind of take it for granted But good sleep is That's where All your body recovers um, You can even like You know when I, A lot of times When I'm falling asleep I'm thinking about like The match coming up Or different, different things That I'm going to uh, Work on the upcoming day And then I feel like Even well, like Sometimes I dream about The things I, uh, that I'm Going to be doing You know what I mean I'm thinking, having like mental reps in my sleep yeah but uh for recovery bro sleep is number one that's why i've been i've been so persistent
1: about it and that's why i can do this shit every day man first of all deep sleep is where your your body releases Mm hdh so that's like that is when you're saying like sleep is a steroid. sleep literally gives you steroids like if, if you uh and you have to set your body up to get deep sleep you know have you ever had a Garmin watch? Like a... No. Bro. Is that what you wear? Well, not at the moment, but uh, oh. I do have... Is that the one you had yesterday? Yes. yeah. Okay. So all that's pretty much on all day, every day. But I just had to send it back to... I smashed the fuck. I saw oh, it yeah, smashed. It's yeah. so, <laughs> so fucked. But bro, game changer. Like literally game changer for me, right? So... You wear it. Um, I'll show you the model that that you could get. The one I got, I probably wouldn't get it again. I got like the most expensive one. Mm-hmm. That I just fucking wanted to be cool, but it's pretty big and bulky. Mm-hmm. But I would just get like the little. I think it's like two hundred something bucks. Wear it every fucking night when you sleep, and it will tell you like all your REM, your deep, like all that sort of shit. Like, dude every it does everything like your training readiness your hrv like just all the different stats and like i looked at my i was showing a friend the other day and i showed him my sleep consistency Mm -hmm. and it's just like eight hours average for like two years basically and it has been a fucking game changer in my life like everyone says it to the point like i don't even drink now basically like it fucks your sleep up dude fucks your sleep so bad like yeah. one drink of alcohol will ruin your sleep by 30 percent, and yeah. then two drinks is like 70 percent. so then and, and i can feel it like that's the thing too when you when you fully uh when you fully like commit to it and you're fully on that program you have one drink like let's say you have three months of just eight hours sleep every single night you have one drink <laughs> like yeah. your ta- it tanks your sleep tanks everything and you're like holy fuck people do this every single night like i yeah. bought my mom a watch because she's like i can't i'm sleeping shit i'm fucking tired and i'm like okay wear this watch and you'll see like just how shit you're doing right now mm-hmm. and then yeah you see she has one fucking wine at night and sleep sucks she has none for a week sleep's to it's it is not a secret yeah
2: yeah i uh i wouldn't even do coffee like after 4 p.m just because i'm the same yeah. It, yeah yeah it'll affect the 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 REM sleep um you know in jiu-jitsu uh, a lot of guys uh smoke pot and i'd be telling them like bro it the, fucks your sleep the dude. weed fucks your sleep like some some people do it to sleep i'm like that's not the way bro yep. you, you get no REM sleep if you if you're doing that get off it
1: you know? yeah yeah and i can see that shit too like yeah. you can literally you can see all of it i'd be like, so you don't really have like a coach when it comes to like your nutrition and physical side of things. Like you've just kind of done it all yourself. Yeah, I kind of done it all
2: myself, but I have good friends. Like, uh, you know, if I have like... Um if I need advice, I... You
1: just I, hit someone up. Yeah, hit
2: someone know. up. Like, uh, my buddy, uh, Jason Kalipa, is a crosser world champion. And he'll answer a lot of questions, whether, like, be the mental side or, or the, the physical side, nutrition or, or training, whatever. And he'll give me some some good advice, pointers. Uh, but I, I study a lot. I study all the greatest yeah. athletes in the world, like... like um, um, you know, I'll study like Rich Froning from CrossFit. Yep. Uh, you know, I'll watch interviews with like Jordan and fucking Kobe Bryant and shit, uh, John Jones. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll study their mentality and,
1: and kind of uh, I'll, t- I'll take bits and pieces from everybody and try to make it my own. Yeah, that's one thing that it's kind of like striking about you in a sense. And obviously like I've been a fan before we met. So it's like a kind of like get to watch you guys and your crew and your brother. And just seems like, the way from the outside looking in, it's like, here's these dudes from Philly that just fucking product of the internet in the way that you wanted to do some shit in your life. You always thought you could be somebody and you just fucking made it happen. (laughs) You know, and it's through reading shit on the internet, like you said, watching interviews and actually taking it on board. You know, there's so many people out there. Like it's almost like a hustle culture or like a self-improvement culture but i know so many motherfuckers that will spend all day watching like motivational shit and they'll watch like how to be a millionaire and they'll watch all the interviews and they'll fucking they'll listen to all the podcasts about sleep and then not do it yeah and then they kind of just end up living their life like consuming the shit but really not actually practicing it and it seems to me like you and your brother are just two kids that took it real fucking serious and like actually did all the shit that they listened and read about and and then you end up being one of the fucking best in the world. Yeah, I absolutely
2: agree with that. Uh, you know, I'm a fully committed kind of guy. When I when I wanna do something, I just like I absolutely obsess over it. And something that that like I, that I really committed to was early, my early on, early on in my jiu-jitsu days was the drive. Because yeah. not everybody would want to drive six, to eight hours every day just to go train, train. You know yeah. what I mean? And I definitely, definitely, definitely didn't want to do it. Um, but uh, I understood the. The potential result and i was like fuck i could get a regular job at any given time so let me let me take like whatever money i can i can fucking scrounge together <laughs> yeah. and just send it every day to to this uh to new york city and, and try to get it and that that year that i spent driving um from south jersey to new york city absolutely changed it, changed the course of my life
1: yeah dude it's so fucking powerful like and the i've been thinking about it more and more Lately, like this last couple of years, my whole motto has just been "fuck your feelings," but pointed back to myself. Yeah, like there's so much of the shit that me and my wife, especially, have had to like go through in these last two years, especially this month. It's just just fucking sucked. Like it's (laughs) so shit, and I don't feel like it. (laughs) Like if you ask if I ask myself what I feel like doing, doesn't matter. I don't feel like doing all the, I don't feel like these many flights. I don't feel like essentially being homeless for the whole fucking year. Like don't feel like any of that. But then if you can, if you can separate yourself and how you feel from the goal, like objectively, what's the thing that you see in your future that you want? And then all you do is you only do things that are in line with the goal and not your feelings. I and completely you do that for a fucking year, and yeah. you can change your whole entire life, dude. That's true, man. I completely agree with that. It's uh, yeah.
2: I almost never ask myself how I feel. I just know. <laughs> I just like, what do I have to do? What What are my yeah. plans right now? What do I have to do tomorrow? Feelings, it's like if you can do it, if you can work, you will work. If you're injured or whatever, like we get it. But if, what you you do, what you can do, you know what I mean. Where did you learn it? Do you think? dude i think uh, i honestly um i attributed a lot a lot of my uh success especially on the mental side uh towards wrestling yeah. so like you know i i started wrestling at the age of 12 years old and um, in the state of new jersey wrestling is uh, huge it's huge it's the yeah. be- it's our, our best sport and uh you know there's a, there's a bit of grit and and quality mentality that, that comes from it you know just like pure work ethic and um And, you know, you can, you can learn how tough you are. And that's always how, like, you know, we always have situations where like, you know, you would like get tired and and your coach is like, oh, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Like go sit down, you know what I mean? And it's either like you, you go take a break or you, you man
1: up and you just keep going. And I've always been the guy that that just kept going. (laughs) It's so fucking sick, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's real in the sense that you can, because like nowadays you can live a completely like unobstructed life in a way like it's so fucking easy to do everything like you can actually be a pussy yeah (laughs) and there's been a massive chunk of my life where i've just fully been a pussy and you you can i think the way that you can really improve your life is to just fully go up against like gnarly hard shit and then beat it yep and then you just do it Over and over and over and over until you get – you almost get, like, a certain – the story of, like, who you are changes Mm -hmm. in a sense. And then once the story changes and then it's, like, a new story, you just look at everything – Differently, if if that makes sense, like you just end up being that motherfucker in in your own mind. Like you don't end up being the guy that takes the shortcuts and takes the easy way out, and then every day it just becomes like easier and easier to do those things.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um, me and my brother, uh, J. Rod, were actually talking about something similar like this the other day, where like J. Rod, I'll, I'll talk to, um talk to me or talk to our our teammates about like, about like mentality and like the kind of a mindset that, that they should have. And they should be in like when competing or just like throughout every day in life. And he was saying how I don't talk about it, but I just, I just, live that like i i i I, I embody that like where where some people have to take uh have to like physically have to actually uh, analyze things and be like all right i should be like uh more confident or i should believe in myself more or just subtle things like that where i i just am that all the time you know i'm i'm very realistic like i i I do believe in myself in many situations, but I also, I know what, I, what I'm good at and what I'm not really capable of. Like, you know, uh, like you saw that at the motocross track, right? <laughs> like I, I'm confident when I ride, but I'm also like, it takes me, I got to get warmed up. Yeah, racing an A1. Yeah, I'm not racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I just, uh, I've just been living in this uh, in this mindset for so long that it just it just is that where other
1: people definitely have to find some external motivation to get them there. But, and that's why people should do those hard things mm-hmm. you know it's like if you and because again in life you can avoid those like modern life you can just avoid shit being hard but it's almost like well it's almost like you can't in a way like you can take the easy way out of everything but then it's almost like your whole life will be hard whereas if you do the hard things all the time your life will be easy and you kind of or you would way rather do the like learn to enjoy the hard things to make your whole life easier than do it opposite you know yeah i i totally agree
2: i like growing up my dad would tell me it was like listen no matter what you do in life you're gonna have to work insanely
1: hard so you might as well pick something you love yeah so I and i totally agree with that yeah the uh i think jujitsu definitely helped that side for me you know like i wasn't i wasn't doing anything super physical i wasn't like i was doing i was riding moto but i was like "Ah, i kind of suck at it so i'm just like I didn't really enjoy it that much because i was kind of like at the level where you're at you know where it's like you're competent i was riding forever but you know i wasn't really training at it i wasn't getting better it was just like a i was scared when i went to the track that I, like something could happen and i'd crash you know yeah but then i yeah i started going to jiu-jitsu i started training i started training hard as fuck i, I loved that like the dog mentality you know like i was getting fucked up a lot as everybody does da- except for you when they first yeah. started, when they first start jujitsu <laughs> and i was going home like hating certain people and like wanting to go back the next day and fucking bash them and it's like it kind of you get a bit of a fire inside and it's like because you're just going and facing something hard as fuck every single day and then over a certain period of time like i you just feel like you just change in a way yeah for sure bro like you know humans since the beginning of time have
2: been doing one-on-one combat for and sure Jiu-Jitsu is just a version of that where you're not going to get brain damage <laughs> so you have the ability to try your absolute hardest against another opponent that's also trying their hardest and like you know may the best man win it's just something very organic something something primal about doing battle that i that i absolutely love like when like when i compete like it's just it's just me versus you and I'm gonna make you quit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's it's as it's as simple as that. Obviously, it's more in depth. Like when it comes to technique and shit. But um, it just it's me and you out there. Nobody's gonna fucking save you. You know? And, and uh, you can save yourself. You can save yourself by saying you quit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, fuck, I love it, man. Like I just I I really enjoy competing. I love I love the process of training and getting better, but. But like you have to train like with with care of your of your uh, training partners. Whereas like the the great thing about competition is that like especially at the professional <laughs> level, especially at the professional level, like you can go out there and absolutely break your opponent your opponent's leg to where they can't walk anymore, and that's the goal. Like that's it's a beautiful thing when that and it's okay, that, it's completely okay to where like you know you're like you're like you're like in practice and you're getting a submission and you're almost you're almost there and you're making it real real subtle and they'll you know, they tap and then you restart and you go but when you got, when you're in competition you, you grab a foot or you grab a leg or an arm and you just fucking break you hear bones snapping and, and muscles tear it's it's a beautiful thing and yeah i
1: love it man so when you when you very first started training jiu-jitsu Did you get bashed by people or it was just not a thing? Uh, Nope. Nope. I was pretty much... uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're like the only dude. (laughs) Like literally the
2: only dude in the world. You'd be like, nope. Yep, for sure. I was... I was pretty much beating everybody until I started training up north in uh yeah. in New York City where I would get like I'd get heel hooked and uh, you know I get controlled p- positionally uh like you know uh, a lot of times under John Danher we train positional rounds like mount- mounted round turtle round um and which are need technique to escape those positions
1: and to control if someone's already got you
2: there yeah exactly yeah. i'll start like back flat to the mat somebody sitting on my chest and not just somebody but like some of the best grapplers in the world sitting on my chest and they have to control me and i have to escape and i started doing that when i had no technique and as i continued to get better those you know, those rounds got you know uh got more in my favor um so yeah, you know, I had to, I had to do quite quite a bit of suffering. Like in in my opinion, I had the toughest road of jiu-jitsu because of that because I started in the toughest jiu-jitsu room in the world. Yeah um with absolutely no jiu-jitsu technique just wrestling you know like in wrestling they teach you like don't go to your back not how to get off your back you know what i mean like once you're there the match is over so um you know i had had quite a bit of growing and uh, growing to do both like um in in technique and just like m- like i needed like mental calluses to like fucking to just to uh, say it's gonna get better you know what i mean so many times i go into practice and um and be like, fuck, I know it's going to be a hard day. So I'm just like, you know, preparing for it. And uh, eventually, you know, you just continue to get better. And, and you- Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all
1: this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You get your way with people. It's What you did is basically like someone deciding to start dirt bikes and then going to live at Ricky Carmichael's farm, basically. Uh, 100%. That, that, I would <laughs> say that's accurate. And then in eight months, you do your first Supercross race. Like that's basically how your jiu-jitsu career went down it's absolutely insane and then yeah you to go to that room and have obviously you had access to the best level of coaching mm-hmm. but man you just you had to you literally had to train with the best grappler on earth in that discipline, just over and over yeah. and over, while and I had over and over, no while knowledge, while you had zero, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Dude, I would ask. I, I was also the guy asking like a ton of questions, like in, in practice. You know, I would annoy the coach with with questions because I I knew I knew I needed to get better, and uh, that's the way to do it. You know, you got to shut the ego down. You know, part of me was like, fuck, I don't want him to know that I that I'm asking questions about him. You know, about this certain guy that's like holding me down or whatever. But then the other part, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like it, what matters
1: now is, is you correcting your mistakes and improving. I think that's probably the biggest thing in jujitsu, but like you can kind of apply it to anything is just controlling your ego in the learning room. Yeah. It's like when you go to compete, you have to have the most ego. Like you have to be the biggest swinging dick that you can possibly be and just go there to fuck people up. And yeah. just, like, say you're sorry on the podium at the end of it. But, like, until then, you just have to be a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, to not have the ego when you're in the room trying to learn. Like, and even for myself, like, that's fucking hard. It's hard to not want to win every round. But it's, like, the people that get better are the ones that have the least ego in training and the most ego in competition. Yeah, for sure. Like,
2: when I when I compete... Uh, Even when I train when I do live training for competition, I'm a pretty big asshole Um, But when I compete I'm I'm mean, you know, what I mean (laughs) like even like simple things like we get to the edge of the mat. I'll just like I'll just stay there in your face and see how you react. Like, you know, there's a situation like where me and Yuri yeah, Samoa yeah, yeah, is like yeah, like yeah. we're like, on the edge of the mat and I could just like turn around and walk back, but I just stay there and look at him and he like gets in my face and it gets like emotional and was like that's what I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's let let that out, you know. So um so yeah, I when I compete, I, I uh I hate my opponent. I want I want the I want to break them and I want them to quit, you know. Um but besides that I'm pretty I'm pretty chill <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to fucking kill yeah. all of you, but I'm a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, when you when you first started training, what did you focus on? Like, so basically, takedown, pass, back was basically like that was like the first ADCC roadmap for you. Yeah. For, uh, so
2: initially, yeah, I'd uh, before people knew I was good wrestler, they would stand with me, and then uh, I focused on using. Um, specific takedowns to access to go right to my, my opponent's back. So I would use like knee pull, single legs or swing singles. So I would just like, I get to a leg and as they sprawl, I'd end up behind them. I could get right to the finish. Uh, and then they started learning uh, how good of my wrestling was. So then I uh, went from doing that and then, they start pulling guards. So I have to learn some, some passing. Initially I was only passing, uh, via like knee cuts and explosive movements, but now I have different, I have various ways of passing. Like I use, a uh, the Roddy lock. I use, uh, different types of types of camping to, to exhaust an opponent and then start, uh, getting deeper into, um, getting higher past their hip line. Like I use like J point camping or different types of different ways to get them fatigued so that I can, I can pass it and submit. Like a lot of times in jiu jitsu, if a guy just doesn't want to get submitted, he can just like ball up and like he can hold off for a few minutes you know what i mean and uh kind of not do anything but uh you really have to figure out a way to fatigue your opponent at the highest level and then you you can get closer to a submission from there
1: and and so were were you like mentally what were you trying to focus on in jiu-jitsu at the start like were you trying to learn everything and get like a broad scope of it or did you just really like zone in in like specifics okay kind of just need this this and this and if I just do these things sweet like I can probably get on the podium at 80 cc. Yeah.
2: Good question. So um so right off as soon as I started jiu-jitsu I knew that I was like impossible to control. Um but I had had weak points like uh you know a good submission artist could could submit if he got got a hold. So what I did is I put a big emphasis on on uh defensive movements like the ability to not get submitted. So uh, I trained a lot of like arm bar escapes, uh, uh, leg lock defense, uh, back escapes, where if somebody took took my back, whether they have uh, like a body triangle or hooks in, I could I could completely defend the right naked choke and, and escape. Um, so I put a huge emphasis on defense as number one. So if I ever got in a bad position, I'm completely competent and confident so I can escape and then start an offensive cycle. So for me, defense was number one. Uh, number two would be positional training, escaping the bad positions, and then becoming great at controlling the bad positions. Mm. You know, just like we talked about uh, mount or turtle, like being impossible to control from uh, mount to position. And then once I am on top, being like nearly impossible to, to get bucked off and, and ride them until I can get the submission. So I think those two fundamentals, continuing to do the, the positional rounds, and then uh, putting put a big emphasis on defense like you know giving like in practice giving craig jones like an arm bar and then escaping the arm bar and and and, uh and you know reattacking giving gordon ryan like my back escaping the back and then becoming offensive again so situations like that really benefited my grappling early on until i had enough time to start adding different uh movements and techniques
1: yeah yeah no it makes sense because like you're you in such a unique position where you're day one just trying to fucking go pro <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like it's exactly
1: which is just not not how it normally happens but there's like a like for me i basically was like i just want to become like an encyclopedia of jiu-jitsu and even if my body can't do it like if i can't drill the move or i can't like if you just asked me i couldn't just do it straight away but i could tell you about it i could like if you asked me to write like i could get tested on it and i'd be able to tell you oh, you got this guide you can do these things blah 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 so w- I guess, it, yeah, I'm just trying to get my head around like how your map was because you just had such a specific set of skills. You, if you know a rear naked choke, then like you just get to somebody's back. Like it really, jujitsu isn't that complex f- to go from takedown to submission if you have well, like your level of athleticism. It's like you don't <laughs> need to know every pass. You don't need to know every guard. You don't. There's like so much shit you... Didn't need to know at the start.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, competitive jiu-jitsu is different than than like uh, having like a real black belt or or being um having the ability to tech to um teach or have like a, like the way I see it, a lot of my competitors, uh, it's just a series of sequences that mm-hmm. they do, uh, and I can learn those sequences. You only have so many sequences in, in, in your brain, you know what I mean? So uh, as far as opponents goes, like you can you can learn what to do by watching them. And then as far as like technique goes, like there is, uh there's a lot of fine details that most of uh misses. Like I can tell you, like only the guys training under John Danaher and, and, and uh, the guys training at B team actually know how, how to do the best version of mm-hmm. a naked choke. Like a naked choke has been done, millions of times and everybody knows how to do one, but to do the best and the most e- efficient, uh, rear naked choke, only, only my guys and on training on their John and, and training at B team knows how to actually do it. Um, and same thing f- for a lot of the movements. Like we have a broad understanding of, you know, arm bar, like, okay, you get to an arm, but like, can you control the arm? Can you actually break the arm? Cause in, in, Submission grappling, it's good to get to submission, but you need the mechanics to actually break a leg so they can't use it anymore. Um So, like, uh, I would say the finer details at the highest level is crucial. And even some of the higher level, like, uh, ju- jiu-jitsu athletes have, like, have decent technique but have terrible finishing mechanics uh whether that be submission finishing or like like just just tech like finishing of the technique so the finer details is, is crucial to kind of uh get past that threshold
1: yeah yeah it, it makes sense and like even when i started watching john's instructionals like that was a big game changer because yeah you just the con it's it's more i think like concepts is almost more important than like techniques in a way too, like if you can understand the like why you should be doing something and like the concept of like why does this work like what's the point of doing it i think that also helps more than just like step one step two step like you can kind of figure not figure it out but like if the the concept is Will help you more than that actual technique, in a sense.
2: I would say for sure, if you understand the concept, then the, the technique will come more easier because you 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 know the reason why. And I think that's beneficial.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you? feel like you want to at some like have that, that real black belt where you just you know all those like positions you know all those techniques like is that an aim in your jujitsu yeah
2: i will i mean i'll get a black belt once i once i uh be gordon in a match that that's the plan um but um as far as like like competitive wise like obviously like uh, i was great from the start um but yeah, knowledge is coming little by little. Like I, I through in spurts where, uh, I'll compete consistently for like, you know, a couple of weeks, few months. And, um, uh kind of my progress is very slow in that section because i'm just i'm sharpening all the tools i make sure i'm ready for battle and then i'll take a few months where i'm not competing and that's where my progress so like i'll have insane progress I'll, I'll gain techniques i'll gain uh different movements uh and two different tools to add to, it to my arsenal and i'll pick them up really fast and um so i have these like i have like this uh this when i'm not competing this steep rise and then when i am competing like kind of like just a steady rise toys, yeah. yeah and and uh, it picks up again so i mean that that's just kind of a. Uh, what works for me it's kind of uh, and uh, i've just been kind of sticking with it
1: yeah so when you're in that stage of like progression no comps, like what does that look like for you what are you working on what are you thinking about what are you studying
2: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm working different different uh techniques like when i'm not competing uh, i'll play i'll do the stuff that i'm bad at like uh you know i'll do like guard retention submissions from from bottom um uh, i'll do various, various uh sweeps and um yeah, just things that I, I I don't normally do in a match like when in a match I'm getting on top of the guy <laughs> yeah, you ain't submitting uh, from the bottom. yeah exactly I'm getting on top of the guy I'm passing guard'm I'm, I'm controlling it and then uh chasing the submission soon after uh, but in, in practice when I'm not competing you know I'm doing bottom I'm doing tons tons of leg locks um and just so you know I always look at myself what a, if I was to beat me how how would I do it right now it's impossible unless you're me right I, only me can beat me that's how that's that's how I see it. You know what I mean. Um, but but besides that, yeah, just I think just looking at myself and, and, and seeing the holes in my game and, and seeing where I can I can add uh, bits and pieces is is very beneficial.
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's just cool to you. Just got such a different, unique position. You know, like we had a we actually had a dude. He was a judo black belt at our gym, mm-hmm. and he was a blue belt when I started. He's a black belt now, which is fucking insane. But uh, yeah, he would just throw throw motherfuckers around the gym yeah. and it's like he he was it was similar in a sense where he had such good takedowns then he had such good like side control and then he just learned to submit people from like basically side control and oh, he wow. just like blitzed every comp in australia <laughs> forever but it was cool to be in the gym with him and then watch him learn you know like Della guard and like watch him learn different like submissions from bottom and shit like that and it's yeah there's just there's two separate there's just these two separate lanes in the sport where it's like the competitive lane, and then there's just like this other lane that's just like an infinity of knowledge. That you know, a guy you think about like a dude like Nikki or Craig, just like the amount of fucking shit that they would have forgotten about yeah. Jiu <laughs> over that over their life is probably more than what yeah. most people know. Yeah, for sure. I feel as if, um,
2: you know, the ego sometimes can get in the way, and because you don't want to lose in practice, so you get stuck training uh, training as if you're in competition and that just hinders you, hinders your ability to improve so kind of shutting off the ego and uh just understanding all right this is time to uh to get better it doesn't the result in training doesn't really matter it matters about the the result in competition
1: yeah no 100 percent. so when you started did you think did you see jujitsu as like a good opportunity to make money like was it a business thing for you straight away where you're like oh, okay i was a fucking solid wrestler i'm a genetic freak here's this place where i think i can just come in and fuck shit up absolutely once i once i started <laughs> so yeah once i started you know
2: i i, um, I was looking on social media and i saw a few guys you know getting paid like craig jones and whatnot and now and i saw an avenue to make uh to make money and I was like, that's why I'm going to fully commit. I was like, I see an opportunity to make money without having the normal nine to five job. I'm going to fully send it and, uh, and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, f- f- so most definitely, yes, from day one, I was like, this is going to be a business, a, a means to change, change my life.
1: That's fucking cool, dude, that you can see something like that and have the foresight. Because for context, for people that don't know jujitsu, like, it hasn't been that long- that people have been able to make a crazy good living doing the sport. If you didn't, if you weren't an established black belt, if you weren't an IBJF world champion, uh, you kind of didn't really have a chance of making money. And like, even in the time that I've been doing it, like Craig had a crazy come up, obviously Gordon and the whole like down her death squad. Mm-hmm. They were like, you literally got the timing so right to where there'd like <laughs> been a few dudes that had kind of paved the way. And then you were just like, oh, fuck, I can, I can do this. And there's probably going to be more dudes like you. Absolutely.
2: I think in the future, um, there's going to be a lot of like NCAA wrestlers that they don't want to work. You know, they don't, maybe they're not, the wrestling isn't good enough to go to go to the Olympics for wrestling, but they see this avenue of jujitsu. That's like a similar to wrestling and, and it's, it's very profitable. And, uh, I'm very confident in, in the future. There will be, uh, multiple ADCC world champions that were once wrestling in, in NCAA divisions and, uh, and
1: now have taken over the world of jujitsu. Yeah, because wrestling is a weird sport in that it's so gnarly. It's it's fucking hard, man, bro. If you if you dedicate your life to being a college, high school, and college wrestler, like you're a fucking savage. Yeah, you have just absolutely put yourself through the ringer, and then you've got you either go to the UFC where you're getting punched in the fucking head for a living. Or you try and go to the Olympics, and then it's like there's only a few dudes that can like a Jordan Burroughs or, you know, like those kind of guys where mm-hmm. never went to MMA and made a crazy good living out of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's like Jiu Jitsu is this fucking fringe, weird subculture genre of grappling where it's like there's now a really big commercial viability to actually do it and you don't ever have to get punched in the face like i'm sure you could have turned your attention to mma and been a star in mma but it's like do you really want to get fucking kicked in the head for a living and go through all that shit where it's like damn fuck let's make millions of dollars not getting punched in the face exactly yeah i definitely don't want to get punched in the face uh, doesn't seem like fun
2: to me. Uh, also, fighting is not is less fun. You know what I mean? Like fighting is very intense. It's serious. Um, it, the consequence is is much much more dire than the consequence of uh, of jiu jitsu. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, jiu jitsu is like I, I take competition very seriously, but it's ultimately it's just fun. Like I like I like competing. I like asserting dominance uh, against a, another opponent against his will. You know, it's just um, it's attractive to me, and. Uh, and yeah, I love everything about jujitsu. I'm I'm uh I'm the one, man, taking over. And yeah, it's it's profitable nowadays. I uh, I definitely agree timing is very important. I just kind of uh hopped on, on board at the right time.
1: So you basically had like a summer cash in the bank and you were like, I need to make this jujitsu shit work before this money runs out basically <laughs> yeah
2: i must have had like uh you know like 1500 bucks i'm living at mom's house you know what i mean i at, at like 20 years old uh maybe i saw it, saved like 1500 almost 2000 dollars from like working at regular jobs um but uh a lot of the money i used was a credit i had like a credit card i had a good credit so i was able to get a credit card with like ten thousand dollar limit limit and uh by the time i maxed that out I w- I was able to make uh, it was like ADCC came I I uh, meddled there and I was able to make money so I was like fucking perfect timing you know what I mean. How <laughs> <laughs> did was ADCC profitable that first year? um adcc uh adcc doesn't pay that much money but
1: it's the sponsorships side of it right? it's the
2: sponsorships uh, uh but more so it's uh, what happens afterwards because you you medal or you win adcc now you can you can pretty much name your price at in competition and people people it's hard for them to argue with you you know what i mean so um like i i had multiple competitions lined up um prior to 80cc so i was making uh a couple bucks and then once i meddled at 80cc um i was able to like you know make uh, make pretty good uh pretty
1: good money competing soon after that and the numbers continued to increase throughout the years but you were really good at marketing too like kind of straight away you marketed yourself as a black belt slayer like the fucking shirt come off after every after every win like you you definitely knew what you were doing. It seemed like, but where did that shit come from?
2: Yeah. So I knew the value of social media from a uh, pretty early on. So after my freshman year of college, I dropped out of college. Um, cause, uh, cause I got signed as a, as a model for, for Wilhelmina models. And, um, on the sports and fitness side in, Up in New York City And uh, I was making like You know Maybe like 1200 bucks for, for a shoot Like here and there And I was like Fuck like I'm making money Like not working I might as well Continue to chase this thing And then Because of I was chasing the modeling stuff That's when I, I was working As a bouncer And uh, And Home Depot And stuff like that um, So while I was modeling I, I realized that I should be posting Consistently On social media So by the time Before I even started Jiu Jitsu I had something like 30,000 uh, followers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On followers on instagram uh just from the good looks you know what i mean and uh and once i started ju- uh training jiu-jitsu i was like oh, i guess i'll just start making jiu-jitsu content and uh that started picking up as well and uh yeah just couldn't continue to grow um as we as we uh competed and whatnot how was college like what did you study there? i studied um wrestling and uh and girls <laughs> that was pretty much it <laughs> I uh, I like pretty much didn't go to class I only went to college to wrestle I was not interested in to wrestle and fuck and wrestle and fuck yeah I was <laughs> only interested in, in the ladies and, uh, and wrestling and, and that was uh, why I guess if that's the goal I accomplished it <laughs> <laughs> what was the pussy like up there I was moist and warm, <laughs> pretty good, you know, <laughs> pretty good. I was, uh, I graduated high school early at like, uh, at 17, uh, not cause I'm smart, but because of my birthday, <laughs>
1: Oh, really? yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, my birthday is like late August. So I got like, you know. oh, you kind of like beat the cusp of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated high school at 17. So freshman year of college, I was 18 and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I tried Tinder for my first time. That was great. Um, uh, I had a small college, so, uh, everybody kind of knew each other and, um, uh, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty popular wherever I go and I was definitely popular in college. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: you were just fucking like, so,
2: wrecking shop. Yes, yeah, sir. What's the worst thing that's ever happened in your life? Worst thing? Oh, Probably, not that bad, not that, n- nothing too bad. I have a pretty blessed life, but I did tear my bicep off the bone. That was pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was honestly uh, my mistake. So like, um, I'm, this happened, uh, it happened like two years ago. I'm home in, I'm home in, uh, in New Jersey, maybe like two and a half years ago, actually, but I'm home in New Jersey. Um, and in, in New Jersey, I have this gym that I go to called uh four seasons fitness. And from, for whatever reason, I absolutely love their, uh, their bicep curl machine, right? (laughs) Like for, it's just like the perfect specs for like my, the length of my arms and like the position of my body when I'm sitting on it. It's a preacher curl machine, right? Yeah. And, um, fuck, I love it so much. And I, every time I go, I go home, I go to the gym, I do this machine, like I fucking kill it. So I have two crazy arm days back to back. Right. And then, so I'm like pretty sore and pretty beat up. And then the next day I go I go to a wrestling practice and um I train with like Olympic wrestlers in, in uh in New Jersey at the NJRTC. And um I I get there like fucking twenty-five minutes late and uh and I so I don't get like a warm-up. I do like a shitty warm up like fucking jumping around like ah fucking I'm good. I go out there, shake hands, and I shoot right away. And the second I shoot, I hit his leg as he's sprawling backwards and just blow my arm out. So completely tore the tendon, ripped the ripped the bicep off of my, uh, off of my uh, bone, and I was just like, "Wow, this sucks." I didn't feel any pain, but I just had an arm that I couldn't move. Like I couldn't just just couldn't pick it up. You know what I mean? So that was uh, that was pretty terrible but i also find out i i have uh, you know like most people like bicep is two muscles right and most people have an attachment on their on their uh, forearm and attachment in their shoulder i actually have uh, like two, i have two, two i have two attachments <laughs> on my forearm which is like a genetic I, fucking yeah, superman thing yeah con, yeah it's like a mutation or like you know just in my genetics yeah so i so when i tore the bicep usually a, the whole thing goes up but the inside which I guess it must be a separate muscle, was balled up and then the outside bicep was still attached. And I thought that was pretty crazy. And then the doctor was like, "Yeah, this is like pretty fucking weird that you have two <laughs> two uh, tendons attaching your bicep to the form." So uh, that was something interesting that I learned. But yeah, I mean, I- injury like it, it is what it is. But yeah, no, nothing really terrible happened to me. I did see a guy get shot in the face. Um,
1: <laughs> that's fucking heavy.
2: Uh, yeah. I was. I mean, it didn't happen to me, so that's good. But <laughs> that is good. Yeah. So I was in I was in North Philly getting um. Getting like some, uh, getting Spanish food made by made by Chinese people, which is that's a weird you know weird dynamic. <laughs> I bet it ripped. It was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. super salty, fried everything. <laughs> MSG
1: is fucked. all yeah. of it, bro. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm like with my buddy Christian, and we we order the food, and I get back in the car. Like you know, it's gonna be like ten minutes till it's done, and we and we're just like talking, and from the corner of my eye, I, I like see this guy like just like looking weird. And all of a sudden he pulls out a gun and goes, hits the guy twice with a pistol and then turns our way. And like we're we're on the corner and starts booking it, right? He has ski mask on, long sleeve, blue shirt, blue jeans. And he's like sprinting towards us. And my buddy Christian looks at me And and uh, we make eye contact i look at the the stick the shifter in the car i was like all right time to go we fucking dipped left the food uh so yeah that was pretty gnarly but yeah didn't happen to me so that's that's good that's so fucking amazing. yeah
1: (laughs) i'm gonna piss and then we'll restart sounds good (laughs) we got the worst flight the other day and uh so we're we're in Florida, we're in Tampa, and then storm comes in. So then we they're like, Oh, there's a storm here, and then we're actually in Dallas, Fort Worth, it was like a few weeks ago. Fucking hectic storm. So anyway, we get to DFW and they're like, cancel all these flights and, and we're just like, motherfucker, like this is this is shit. And then there's this group <laughs> down the a couple terminals or like down a couple gates fucking losing it bro and it looked like there was about to be a riot wow. so i walk past guess where the flight's going Florida? philly philly <laughs> oh shit <laughs> and i was like that makes fucking sense yeah philly's gnarly and yeah. then you're over here telling stories about a motherfucker just getting shot in the face that's how it goes made it out <laughs> was it rough there like so that was just for you to not be phased by that like so that just felt normal at the time uh, yeah. I mean, w- I think when you're in
2: the ghetto, you, c- you know, that you're in the ghetto, you're like, you know, <laughs> you gotta look around and be, uh, be aware. I mean, it's, I guess it's good to be aware uh, wherever you are, but some places more than others. Uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I lived in, I lived in Philadelphia. So I think like, um, Maybe like five or six, uh, and my my dad moved us moved us out to the the suburbs in New Jersey. But uh, I would always go back because my dad uh, made most of his money flipping houses. So I would go uh, and ever since I could pick up a hammer, I'd be I'd be helping him out. And you know what I mean. So um, I learned uh, I learned a lot about hard work through through my dad because um, you know if you're fucking mixing concrete and laying hardwood floor and shit, you're like, damn, there's gotta be more to this life. (laughs) You know, I was like, that's, that's what what my dad told me. He's like, dude, you're going to have to work hard no matter what you do,
1: but fucking figure out what you want to do. You know? Oh man. My dad used to make us do the most fucked up shit. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've like PTSD just burned in my brain. We did like a, we, we had like this tiny shitty house when Mm -hmm. we were young. And then my dad basically just like built another room. And then built an ensuite and then yeah. built it. So it started as like two bedrooms, just a, basically a box. And then my whole fucking childhood, bro, was building this, <laughs> this house. And they're yeah, like days of just like taking loads of crusher dust out of the back of the trailer and spreading it for slabs and like the pool and the fucking. Yeah. Worst day of my life, though, like burned into my brain, was just pop riveting this fucking sheet iron on the bottom side of this of the veranda that we did so i'm just standing there like 10 years old and i'm just like (laughs) my neck's all (laughs) and you just start like holding and then you just like fucking crumpled up i'm just like thinking dude you are actually the biggest fucking asshole (laughs) all making me do this but fast forward fucking 20 years and you look back and you're like that's actually one of the more like formative things i did was just like forever work on that fucking house
2: yeah, a good way to uh, uh, spend time with dad as well. You know, if he's a, if he's a worker, he probably
1: you know, it's good. Uh, it's good way to bond a little bit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so as, like the reason why I asked what's like the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Like, I, I've seen friends. Not saying this is gonna happen to you, but I've I've got like friends where they just kind of like cruise through life, and then they have like something super fucked up happen to them, and they've just like never had something super fucked up happen to them, and it just like fully rails them you know Mm -hmm. and it's like i just wonder i find that really interesting like some people and i've seen people that uh like they can bounce back Mm -hmm. and then other people that don't like there's such a there's such like a weird mentality or that's such a such a hard or gnarly thing when you have some crazy difficult thing happen in your life and like you see how you react but it's like maybe you have had a bunch of hard things in your life, but you just don't even, you don't look at them as like the hardest thing that's ever happened to you kind of thing. I mean, maybe I don't know.
2: Not many things are harder than mixing concrete at when it's like 110 degrees out (laughs) here in a fucking (laughs) basement in North Philly. You know what I mean? I'm i I'm good. I've had my, my days of hard hard work. (laughs) Honestly, I just live in my own world. You know what I mean? Like I don't really see like, you know, uh, like things happen in in the world. That's terrible like the shit that's going like there's a war going on across the seas, you know Which is pretty fucked up, but like I only care by myself You know, I'm American, you know, USA all day if you come here, we'll fuck you up But besides that we just we live in life, you know, what I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry for you um, But I mean, I don't have enough time to, to care about other stuff. I just care about what I'm doing in my and my
1: goals yeah, Which bro. is selfish, but I'm I'm selfish. But it's how you achieve goals. Yeah, bro. Like you have to be – there's a level of selfishness that you have to have. And there's a – when you say like you live in your own world, like mm-hmm. the key to being successful, in my opinion, is build a bubble yeah, and man. live in that fucking bubble. Do not leave that bubble for fucking anything. And if you do, like it better be – worthwhile like have your wife on the program have your friends on the program, like just everyone get on the fucking program be inside this bubble let's not leave and let's like kill it together i think that's actually the secret to making Mm -hmm. shit happen do you think any uh motocross racers use like a a a, a sports psychologist
2: yeah i think so yeah 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 Yeah. well i know that there would definitely be some yeah what makes Mm -hmm. you ask that i was just i was just thinking about i have a have a teammate that um that he is like phenomenal in the practice room, um, mm. but when he competes, he just can't. He has a an inability to bring the best version of, of himself. And I, I wonder if, if something like a sports uh, psychologist w- would
1: help. For him sure, him out,
2: right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like me, I I did I saw a sports psychologist once, but. It, Everything he said, I was like, "Yeah, like I already do this." Yeah, I was about like, to "I say, live this like, shit." Yeah,
1: yeah. You went to see a sports psych, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, I am fucking awesome." Yeah, and then you walked, there, then you walked yeah. out. I never talked to him again after. I was like, "Yeah, I, I haven't figured out."
2: But for somebody that doesn't figure has it figured out and needs to find themselves, I, I think that might be beneficial.
1: But what do you think it is though? Like if you break, because that's what a sports psych would do, right? Yeah. So I, we kind of half spoke about it a bit yesterday. So I sort of know where you're at with yeah. it, but it's like. What is it that would need to go? Is it, I, For me, it's like almost just self-doubt. Like, I think a lot of the problems that people have in their life come from uh, inability to overcome self-doubt and then an over-prioritization of what other people think. Yeah, I think the
2: thinking what caring what other people think i think it's too easy to, to get caught up like oh my my mom's in the in the in the fucking audience like i want to win for her or whatever i think you have to be much more selfish and um and just first off only one to win for yourself and then um fuck i was going to add something else can you ask me the same question again Let's see how this goes <laughs> well basically caring what other people think caring what other people think yeah oh i think you have to I think you have to not care like at all. Just, like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when I compete, like I I w- win or lose, that's not the goal. The goal is to just do my best, right? I've done this whole training camp so I can produce the best results or so I can just go out there and do the best style of jiu-jitsu um, at this specific time on, on this mat. Um, and I don't care what happens. I just care that I do my best and you know The results will speak for itself. So it's like um, I think just 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 think just caring less like Mm. not really not giving a fuck like i don't care what you think it'd be i don't care who's watching i and also also trying to be the best version of yourself every day like when i compete like obviously i have a goal of peaking on a specific on a specific day but when i compete i think i'll beat this guy's ass on monday through sunday every (laughs) fucking day you know what i mean uh does not matter when or where i will fucking dominate no matter what and i think uh me not caring, uh, me caring so little about what other people think allows me to compete freely, and ultimately gives gives the, the best performance
1: possible. Man, not giving a fuck about the right things is the biggest superpower in life. Like, sure. and the the podcast for me was a huge like learning experience in that in a way. But when I spoke to a, a I spoke to a friend from home who like my hometown, like I grew up with, he's five years old. Since we were five years old, he's like you actually, he's like fucking genetic freak. Like the dude was, the dude was bench pressing 140 kilos in fucking like high school, bro. Like he was, a his dad's a Samoan bodybuilder. His mom was a fucking all natural bodybuilder. But anyway, so he, uh, we were talking about, you know, the podcast. He hadn't seen me in years and he was like, man, it's fucking so sick. Like what you're doing? And he's like, but it makes so much sense. He's like, 25 years later, like knowing the five, six year old version of you, like, this is what you were supposed to do. Like, because you never gave a fuck. Yeah. You just didn't give a fuck what people would think. And, like, I was the biggest kook at school, bro. Like, I would fucking wear sunglasses inside. I got prescription glasses so that, (laughs) like, the teacher couldn't make me take my fucking glasses off because I'd just be like, oh, I forgot my reading glasses. These are prescription I need. Just, like, dumb fucking shit like that. And it was almost. I think back then it wasn't genuine though. Like I kind of was like making a point to tell people that I didn't give a fuck, which is giving a fuck in a way. So I think like, I always had that ability in me to just not give a fuck of what people thought. But over the years it became like a genuine thing to where I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm fine with myself. I'm not perfect. This is who I am. This is the fucking strong points. This is the weak points. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's how it is. I'm going to keep working on it. So let me do my thing, basically. And it's like, that is a superpower. Like, there's so many fucking times where I will have, like, self-doubt about this shit or anxiety about an episode. Oh, I fucking spoke too much. I didn't ask it. I should have done this. Like, that's fucking lame to say that. Like, then you want to go back and delete it. But then it fucks up. Like, the next person's, like, you ruined the whole plot. Fl- so, like, you just fully have to, like, swallow your ego and like swallow your pride and just be like whatever i don't yeah. give a fuck like for this to work for this fucking podcast to actually make a living and pay me and my employees i need to just get the fuck over myself and i think that that's a huge thing that lets so many like it holds so many people back in their life and you gotta meant at least for me like you have to like mentally go through this process to like get to the bottom and it's like okay, now I fully understand that I should not give a fuck about X, Y, Z because X, Y, Z, you know? So it's like, I just think that there's a process, like your friend would have to go through a process of just looking at all of the things that he gives a fuck about that he probably shouldn't. And then just like rationalizing, like why it does not make sense to think like that. But the other thing is, is like, you can sit there and say like, yeah, I'm the fucking, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm the man, but to like genuinely say that you also have to be very truthful to yourself about the shit you suck at right Mm. and i think as much as people don't want to as much as people care what people think they're also not honest with themselves about that fact too so it's like you kind of can't even mentally do the work unless you're prepared to like stare yourself in the face and say like this is what i suck at this is where i'm being a fucking lame like that part of it's quite hard as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, as far as like being perfect, I feel like almost nothing in the world is uh, is considered perfect. There's, yeah. o- there's only, uh, I think, I think to be uh, perfect, just to just be unique. Yeah, right. Like just be different. Be yourself. Be or- organic, and you know the people will follow, man. Well, the thing about
1: that, it's a fucking good point. But being unique is like actually the easiest thing to do. Yeah, because only you are <laughs> you. It's only you. Yeah. <laughs> so many people have it fucking twisted yeah. to think that they should like be a certain way. I mean, like this. And I was even talking to a dude about it the other day when I was saying like, oh yeah, people fucking. If I if I really cared about what people thought, I would just never mention jujitsu on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a fucking. That would be like the easiest thing to do, but it's just like you go, oh, fuck. You know, I'm I'm being me. Um, no, no one's perfect that's fucking something i like doing something i like talking about and it just adds to like the uniqueness of like who you are and then that that in turn becomes like this fucking effortless process like and then and then all you have to do is like you said focus on being a good version of yourself like Mm -hmm. i feel a responsibility not to be a fucking retard yeah (laughs) and it's like that's that that's just the line that i have to walk every day and it's like and then you can be selfish Uh, like i think it's good to be selfish if like your main focus is just trying to be a good dude trying to improve trying to provide for your family like Mm -hmm. it kind of then being selfish i look at being selfish as like a massive asset
2: yeah i totally agree i'm i'm definitely selfish in my own ways uh and selfless when it comes to uh the people i, re- I really care about you know so
1: it's a it's a balancing act like everything in life and for sure what uh what would your advice be to your teammate that my teammate was if you were, were slacking if you were if you were uh playing sports like psych-
2: i would say um i would say care less about about what anybody thinks like don't give a fuck about at all, right? Um, trick yourself to think that you're you are in your gym. This is just a different mm. different location, different mat space. You're just in practice. Um, and I would say, uh, for weeks leading up, believe that you are the best in the fucking world, right? In your weight class, in this competition, believe you are the absolute baddest motherfucker on this planet, and go out there and do what you do in the gym in a different location. I would say keep it that simple,
1: and I, for me, I get extreme results when I do that. Yeah, no, that's I think it's fucking phenomenal advice. You know something else? Craig actually gave me advice before a comp once, and because uh, he doesn't do anything different for a comp, no, like lit, like he what you said about like the gym to the comp. He is the fucking ultimate of that like he doesn't listen to music he doesn't listen to like doesn't do no crazy shit he doesn't even like
2: warm up he's just like "Ah, i'll just go do it
1: yeah literally nothing and he told me that before it was like one of my first big like fucking white belt competitions that i did and uh i was like what music do you listen to he's like bro it makes zero sense to do that he's like if he's like the only time that you should listen to music before you do a jiu-jitsu competition is if in between every role at the gym you're listening to your headphones (laughs) he's like that's the only time that you should do it because there really shouldn't be like that much of a separation between like, because you, you are, you are, you do have a habit. So it's like just follow the habits that you have every day. You know, for sure. If you if you you're doing comp, competition rounds in practice
2: competition is just a competition round you're in practice you know what i mean the only difference is that you don't have to worry about hurting this guy you can actually hurt this motherfucker so <laughs> i think this that's a very uh the only subtle difference but besides that try try your best to just treat him the same and you'll see extreme
1: benefits the other thing that i would always think about as well is especially like with what i do because when i do a competition it's like oh it's a white belt competition it's a blue belt comp-. like the, it, you're in you're in a level like mm-hmm. you're in a box the thing that i would always take like solace in and comfort in is that i'd roll with black belt every day i roll with brown belt. Purple. so none of those dudes are as good uh, like none of the dudes i'd fight in competition are as good as those guys and like at your team like when you're fighting It's like a weight division. It's like, so you have harder roles. Like if you're a smaller guy in the gym and then you have like a, like you're saying a competition round in the gym with like you or Craig or fucking like any of those bigger dudes, like you actually have already had harder rounds. Yeah. I do my best to make practice
2: much harder than competition will ever be. Like I'll, I'll train first of all I'll train I'll get to a point of exhaustion and I'll continue to train that Mm. in itself will will create some kind of mental callus. that when you do get tired and comp you've been there you've been exhausted and you still had another 10 minute round to go Um, so stuff like that also training the positional rounds like when you're tired and somebody's on your back and you escape and then you put them back on your back bro that's fucking hard to do it's hard Mm. to it's hard for the ego because you're like it's it's a it's a thing like you have to to stay cognitively sharp and clearly while you're exhausted while you're in a bad position not everybody has the ability to do that and once you do it over and over and over again it just gives you uh gives you confidence and security that well like i've i've been in worse positions than, than this guy could ever imagine so i'm ready for it
1: yeah yeah no no 100 um that fuck i was gonna uh oh the that whole like better practice versus comp, like that's so common in every sport mm-hmm. and like moto is the same like you'll hear stories of dudes that are so fucking gnarly at the practice track yeah. and then they just can't they just can't do it at the race and it's all just it's all fucking mental like if you can physically do something in practice and the only difference is like and motocross is i guess different or supercross because there's like 40 dudes on the track and you've yeah. got to get the start and shit like that but jiu-jitsu it should just be one-to-one like yeah. physically you're doing the exact same fucking thing, whether you're practicing or at a competition, like the mental framing is the only thing that's different.
2: Yeah. Also, if you have an opponent that like, like Stella heave or likes to wrestle go with your training partners that like, like the, that, yeah. that, like that stuff. You're going to get similar looks. Not going to be much different, you know? So, um, yeah, little, little tricks of the trade you can do to kind of mimic competition. But, yeah, I agree. It should be very similar. Um, MMA is a, a little bit different because you, sure. c- you can't get fucking like – I guess sparring, they, they go pretty hard, but, like, the closer you get the. Uh, to really fighting like um it's more
1: dangerous it gets so do you feel is it more intimidating to fight a ufc fighter in grappling or is that just like the easiest money it's easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't that so gnarly like the fucking context like if you if they locked you in a cage with the dude you'd be fucking in like a totally different <laughs> mindset to like a grappling fight night like.
2: yeah for sure uh i mean it's just minimal risk in uh in jiu but like also like you have this guy training like you know five different styles of mixed martial arts trying and, and trying to put it together where i'm just training one style of martial arts every single day i'm perfecting it uh so it's gonna be substantially easier for uh, an mma fighter
1: who would be the one or, or like who are some mma fighters as you'd want to grapple against well
2: i did train with um gilbert burns and in my opinion he has some of the best jujitsu yeah he's fucking legit <laughs> yeah he's ph- phenomenal jujitsu um he's some of the best jujitsu i've ever seen in in, really? in, in in mixed martial arts yeah as a uh as a uh mma guy um that that uh you know is decent on the ground I'd say he's definitely one of, one of the top guys um um, and I've trained with a, a few other fighters that are pretty well. They're pretty tough. Like uh, uh, my guy, Brendan Allen. He just uh, beat Paul Craig in a, in a UFC fight. Like uh, finish him, I believe, rear naked choke or something like that. Uh, pretty decent jujitsu as well. Um, but it's different styles. Like they want to be mm. on top. They want to like, if they get to bad position, they don't want to sweep. They just want to stand up, get out, get back to striking. So different, slightly different goals. Um, but yeah, the MMA guys are always pretty tough to train with cause they, they don't have any quit. Mm. And every, every time they get down, they just pop right
1: back up, you know, unless you can control them. We uh, we trained a bunch at, at Bali MMA for mm-hmm. it was like three or four months. We lived there, like kind of right as COVID was finishing, and they just got all these little fucking Balinese MMA fighters, and like <laughs> the cunts would just never tap. Yeah, like, it was like competition. It was just competition rounds, like where you'd have to fucking break their arm, and you'd literally be like making a decision on the mat. Like, am I just gonna let go, or do you just try and literally fucking rip this dude's arm yeah. off? Because like. There's no way that he's tapping from this shit. Yeah. Situations like that in practice,
2: I will just like, I will just hold the arm bar there. You know, I'll get it like right before it's going to break and I'll just hold it there for like, let them squirm, whatever. I'm like, all right, you're done. Like you want me to break this? And they're like, all right, yeah, fine, fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have the fucking power though. Like, yeah. I mean, you could, but I think you've got that, you've got the ability to just literally like hold a person where they're at. Yeah.
2: I, I know how to stay attached. You know, like if I'm talking arm bar, like a lot of people make the mistake of just trying to ba- break break. break it over the fulcrum or, or I'm sorry, over the the hip when in reality you want to be like pulling up, like pulling the hand towards your, uh, uh, towards your face, uh, picking it up. And then also controlling his head position with your, um, with your, with your legs, either in three quarter where your feet are like behind his head, um, or various positions where you can uh stop the head from like uh scooting away and you could just kind of just kind of hold them there without breaking them (laughs) where in in competition you would just put put, just rip it off yeah like in comp to break an armbar you're pulling over one hip and then and then to get a full break you switch to a double push and you push and make that motherfucker go 190 degrees backwards you know or 90 degrees backwards yeah
1: (laughs) fucking love that shit yeah uh so how do you feel about steroids in the sport and do you think that you're a guy that is changing the the paradigm yeah i mean uh steroids in the sport of
2: jiu-jitsu is very uh prevalent at every gym <laughs> every, even in guys that aren't professional like Bro, those,
1: especially in guys that aren't
2: professional yeah, yep uh yeah most mo- most of the guys i have say probably a staggering percent is like 95 of, of jiu-jitsu at, percent of jiu-jitsu athletes are uh, using abusing steroids and i have brought upon myself um to start a culture of anti-doping right i've been crazy like, concept crazy right who would have thought right <laughs> uh and um yeah so i've never touched any any kind of bed uh, even though it's kind of legal like in the sport of jiu-jitsu in, in most um in most like platforms. Uh, yeah, never touch any PD. So a lot of people call me the Natty King, which is great. I I approve of the, of the name and I'm just trying to spread the message. Like, you know, um, there's so many top level athletes that do PDs. Like I want people, I want the younger generation to know you don't have to abuse steroids to, to have success in, in our sport. Like I'm 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 the leading guy right now. I'm I'm having great success. I'm beating everybody and I've never touched a pee. I'm active, right? I'm young. I'm active. Uh, I train every day and um and I'm beating everybody that's on steroids without steroids. So I'm just here to show you that technique is king. Put the work in and you guys can g- get the job done. All, they're gonna be fucking strong as shit. You know what I mean? They're gonna get they're gonna be strong because they're on steroids. You can get you can get stronger by lifting weights and and eating your your body weight and protein consistently over a long period of time, um, but technique will make you so much stronger than any any steroid. Right? Get high, get the the best technique possible. Study the correct uh, um, the correct uh, uh, athletes, and you will improve. And you do not new, need to do steroids to, to be at the at the world's highest level.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the the problem in jujitsu is that you. You do need steroids if your body isn't... Like, if you don't have a certain frame or, like, genetic... So there's only, like, a top... There's, like, a top level that you can get to, right? So you're, like, one of these physical specimens that are natural. There's also not
2: that many... Genetic freaks in the sport. Like exactly. if, if you look at NCAA wrestling or or, or fucking uh, Olympic wrestling, you look at these guys. They look incredible. There's not them like jiu is new. I'm I'm one of a uh, only a few guys that are like freak athletes in the sport and as the sport gets more Americanized, there are going to be more intelligent and better athletes coming towards jujitsu that don't need steroids to have the strength, the speed, the athleticism, the mental acuity to, to uh, improve and and to compete. So, um, you know, it's like steroids are making people uh, that are not gifted seem like they're Athletics seem like they're uh in like they incredibly strong when they're just fucking injecting themselves and in, and uh not necessarily putting the work in they're just you, abusing steroids getting stronger and um you know having benefits
1: from it but uh you know I'm starting I'm starting the culture anti anti peds well it dude I I think you are. and and if if you think about where jiu-jitsu's at, and there's kind of some parallels in motocross, in a sense, right? So you talk about why, it, is Jet better than Hunter, technically? No. He's mm-hmm. better physically. Like, he has a better physique, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Motocross Are is, they twins? No. They're no. a couple years apart. Hunter's, oh, okay. Hunter's a few years older. Gotcha. So, But it's, it's very similar parallels, right? So, and there's an argument to be made that there's some PED use in motocross, which i feel like when you're getting injured in the way that these guys do there should be like some stuff that you could do like you mm. know peptides help with injury be drug it's tested not really yeah i mean kind of kind not like some dude like stewart got done for adderall use oh yeah Yeah, even though he had like a he had a he had a prescription but he didn't have a therapeutic use exemption mm. so but anyway so you've kind of got some dudes that arguably are doing it but <laughs> you look at like ricky carmichael not a freak athlete yeah (laughs) james stewart not a freak athlete like a freaking talent and a freaking like what he could do on a motorcycle but like his 40 yard dash is a box of shit yeah (laughs) you know like there's no there's no physical like he ain't making an nfl team well it could
2: it could be like athleticism could be less than that could be more like uh you know timing like like how how fast oh, your sure. brain thinks to your yes. body
1: reacts you know that's that's a, an athletic virtue yeah oh for sure but so what happens when you get all of that plus the physique yeah you know so and that's what is just now starting to happen in motocross i think mm-hmm. and you're the guy in jiu-jitsu so it's like it's just now starting to happen in jiu-jitsu too yeah so you got like Chase Sexton, freak athlete, like mm-hmm. dude's a fucking animal, and then you've got Jet Lawrence, dude's a fucking animal. They basically won every. Well, Jet did win every race, but it was like one two, one two, one two, one two, one two, one two. So it's like we're entering the era in Moto where the freak athlete that does have the mental acuity, that does have the the crazy timing, that did grow up on a bike, that did and they're just gonna be unfuckwithable yeah (laughs) and it's kind of in the way that like in the way that your career is going you look at a guy like gordon he wasn't like he was my size basically like how tall is he six he's he's like six six foot yeah six yeah so i'm six foot i'm 170 pounds Mm -hmm. and like when i started jujitsu that's what he was yeah he was a purple belt that was about six foot and he was about 175 pounds right and he was like 170 up until like 22 21 and something like that you know what i mean which is that's not like the to reach that top top level to to be to guy like galvao like muhammad ali like the fucking freaks bro like they're just these gnarly massive fucking gorillas that have also been on steroids their entire fucking life Mm -hmm. so it's like you did have to be that you did have to do steroids. To well, I, I blew. You I, didn't.
2: I did the weightlifting. I did the, the bodybuilding style. I, I ate hard. I lifted hard. It took me about seven, eight years, but I got there. You know what I mean? I, I Like I said, I cut from, uh, from like 180, 85 to 170. I'm 230 pounds right now. You know what I mean? All, mu- all, all muscle, all natural. And I did that without any PED use. The, be- the worst thing I did was creatine. But that's pretty fucking good for you, apparently. Yeah, it's good for the brain, good for the muscles, good for endurance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, so, but I just think, yeah, like now we're going to start seeing a trend. Because the problem now, and this is at least like as a fan of jiu-jitsu, like Mm -hmm. from the outside, it looks to me like you're getting top fighters in the sport that they don't have – like they can't compete all year round. Like you can't get a call up and just be like ready for a a fight, which is – I think that's going to be like a huge problem going forward. So like if you've got a guy like you're saying with Gordon where you say like, okay, he's smaller. He didn't want to get on stage with me. He didn't want – like he's not in his like com- competition cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're going to – you get guys like that where that's the norm where you've like – let's say you've done steroids and then you've gone off cycle, on cycle, you've got health issues as a result of steroids that are like well-documented side effects of it. So it's like to be a legitimate professional athlete, you just can't survive if steroids are like an integral part of your competition and you just, it's it's not going to be sustainable. Like you're not going to be able to compete until you're, you know, like Andre was the man up until he was like in his forties, you know. But it's like now with the guys coming that you say are going to be coming that have, also ncaa athletes are tested to the shit Mm -hmm. and there's a culture of not doing steroids and they're already gnarly as fuck so it's like that to me seems like it's gonna be the new way going forward yeah i completely agree i think uh you know we're gonna have a
2: a league of uh superior athletes coming towards the world of jiu-jitsu very soon very soon and um you know i'm happy to lead the way i i really feel as if that um jujitsu, Nogi Jiu Jitsu is the avenue for the the typical like college wrestler that wants to compete, wants to have a career. Um, they come train Jiu-Jitsu for a few years on under some under the tutelage of like B team and we will help elevate you and regardless of your weight class. If you have the you have the passion that you want to compete and you want to be the best,
1: we'll help you get there. What um have you had many guys reaching out and like has that process started, do you think? <laughs> Yeah, we, I definitely have a, a bunch of wrestlers
2: reaching out um, and a bunch of jiu-jitsu guys. Like, B-teams become somewhat of a... Uh a like vacation spot Like yeah, like, like yeah. At any given time We have like 30 plus guys From different countries Just to come Spend a few weeks With us And, and train And uh, yeah Nowadays we're getting More uh, more NCAA wrestlers That are like You know Just finishing college At like 21 or so And they're like Man I want to I want to compete still I still have this This urge to To get after it And uh, we welcome you Man we We love the work ethic And uh, you know Come get some We'll get better together
1: Man it's crazy the The model That with like B Team when you guys split so for people that aren't jujitsu nerds, basically there's a Danaher Death Squad, which was coached by John Danaher, you had Gordon Ryan, Nikki Ryan, and then there was you, Craig, Ethan, a bunch of dudes. And yeah. then they basically split to where it's just Gordon and John. They started New Wave Jiu Jitsu. And then these fucking sideshow freaks started B Team. Yep. <laughs> which is the most like It's like a crazy concept in jujitsu, but you guys are fucking killing it. Like you got the gym, you got the YouTube channel, like the merch is killing. It's like become like a cultural thing in jujitsu. And I remember when the first, when the split went down and, and you know, that was, kind of making news i was like fuck that's a huge loss for those dudes but it almost seems like you guys have won fucking massive out of it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah we definitely are uh we're leading we're the leading edge of of jiu-jitsu you know what i mean um you know we continue to improve we're we're just having fun we created a phenomenal culture like like you said like people um don't don't feel pressure to uh you know to, I I guess people don't feel pressure when they're at B team. If you, if you want to be the best and you want to be great, you know, we have the resources to get you there and we'll make sure that you, um, you compete at at your highest, uh, potential. And, um, you know, if you just want to be one of our, uh, tough training partners training around for us, we're open to that too. You know, there's no, there's no pressure to go out there and, and, and kill people, but, um, but that's what I like to do, and uh, you know, I have a uh, I have ability to like like w- when when my team is in a in a room with me, you know, I I feel as if we feed off of each other, each other's energy. You know, I have a certain presence that people uh, enjoy to be around, especially if the, if they're uh, they're competitors, and um, you know, I just like to see my guys succeed.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it's sick where you guys are built, man, and like just even the. The business sense, like what you guys have been able to do from a business perspective and like the marketing of it. And it seems like it's been fucking hilarious to watch Craig be able to just like open up to just be like the He's himself now. fucking troll. In yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was waiting for that separation so he could really like unleash uh, his havoc. You know, he loves it. Yeah, because you guys kind of couldn't be like that under John. It's like such a serious vibe. It's just so yeah. like I mean, not that I've been around it, but from the outside in, it's yeah. like you can just kind of see that no one really was getting to like get their freak on in the way yeah. you, in the way that you guys were now.
2: Yeah, we definitely are ourselves that B team, and uh, you know, it comes to our benefit. People people love the authenticity that we bring to the table and that's i think that's why they really relate yeah
1: no fair enough so what uh how do you feel about like weight in jiu-jitsu in terms of like what what's like a good what's a good weight to try and be at? because i'm like in a in a position where i'm like fuck. should i try and put on some weight get up to like 185 or i think it, more like- muscle is
2: always not always but i think more muscle a lot of times is a is a good deal i think if you're like you know, 260 pounds of muscle, then your cardiovascular system is, is not going to be as good. Um, but there's a balancing. Act. I think you should always try to maximize your, uh, um, like your frame. and Yeah. Maximize your frame, maxim, maximize your genetic potential. And dude, honestly, if you lift weights consistently, uh, the correct way and eat the correct way for like six months, you will see tremendous difference. Like even if you put on five to 10 pounds of muscle, yeah that is so much muscle like it, <laughs> it it will change your physique for the rest of your life yeah okay especially if you can do newbie gains like if you never really lift and then you start lifting like a bodybuilder like lifting hypertrophy the super high reps and getting a sick pump like uh you'll gain
1: weight fast because that that's definitely you know when you talk about the fuck like you know not having to do steroids and shit like that's why so many cunts do steroids in Well, because you could gain muscle without having the to work well but it's more like it, it, yes obvious like that's the main thing but when it comes to like the actual room like just weight in general makes such a fucking big difference and people always <laughs> want to say like technique technique but weight, just how much mass you have is like a huge factor in like how successful your technique can be almost you know i
2: definitely agree but it also is a uh, a give and take to where if you're doing steroids and you're um and you're putting on size fast then because jujitsu is more of a marathon than a sprint you start getting fatigued and you then you lose because you're tired mm. whereas if you gain uh and it's because you put on size in, in like two in like a month you can gain like fucking 20 pounds of muscle and you look that's massive insane. right and then and then you you gain let's say you gain 20 pounds of muscle over over a year or two years um, and then now everything has, has gained in order your heart's grown your lungs have grown your cardiovascular system has, has everything has gained it's like uh, adapted with it exactly exactly and so as opposed to just your muscles I- inflate and then your syst- your cardiovascular system is this, is built for somebody that's 30 pounds less it's like it's a shock to your body you're getting fatigued much much faster uh, and then there's obviously other stuff you can do like some people do like um What's the, what's the Lance Armstrong, uh, drug, um, EPO, EPO. like yeah, that's like fuck a, that. that's a, like a cardio thing that could also kill you pretty, pretty fast, <laughs> pretty, <I've heard>. quick. <laughs> pretty quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a balancing act. Uh, I urge you, I urge, especially the younger guys, um, just maximize your physique, right? Eat, eat your body weight and protein lift, like hypertrophy lift, super high reps, get a pump, uh, train arms and enjoy the process. <laughs>
1: <laughs> train arms yeah the process oh fucking love that so what's the we got 80 cc's what month in 2020 august fuck i'm so excited it's bro. gonna be
2: great what date is it i think it's like the 24th or one of the last weekends in uh in
1: august i'm gonna be fucking back ready so oh, i'm so excited what's the roadmap look like for you uh, submit everybody. No, like before August. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll get to that. too. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a bunch of matches uh, pre ADCC. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, like you know, continue to work on, on the things that I'm uh, I'm not best at. I have a few more. Uh, I have a bunch of different stuff like passing guard that I'll be uh, I'll be implementing by that time. I'm still still working on them um, tying together like loose and tight passing and,
1: pr- and you pass pressure carry loose passing this, this y- weekend.
2: Yep, exactly. Previously known as only the Roddy. I, uh, I was able to, you know, use some, uh, some high step passing and, and force different positions, pass guard multiple times. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, sh- showing a more a dynamic style of jiu jitsu and, uh, this come ADCC, I'll be working on uh, lots of leg locks and, and, uh, just things that I, I know I need to work on. And, um, you know, when the time comes, I'm, I'm on it, bro. I'll be ready.
1: Do you think you, you won't get to fight Gordon before that? You don't think? There's not a world in which he does that. He,
2: does, he doesn't want to compete against me, uh, period. Uh, but so I guess I'll see him at ACC if I don't see him before that.
1: How, have you, how do you feel about the matches with him? Like, and you've trained together. It, is it hard to compete against a dude you've trained against so much?
2: Well, I mean, hard in the sense that you know each other's game plan, you know yeah. what each other going to do. But like you know, the first um, the first time we competed against each other uh, was was in, that
1: ADCC was the first time. Yeah,
2: at yeah. first yeah, ADCC he uh, he heal, he he hooked me, and then we had another competition like three uh, maybe like two months later, and uh, I ended up breaking his foot in a toehold. and and. Um, force him to tap out at the end of the match when i had a fully locked up renega choke uh as the times running out and uh you know i think that just uh that broke him mentally right immediately after that match he retired for like a year plus he turned down all his matches that he had previously signed he lost about 40 pounds of muscle he went through a deep depression um and uh and it was beautiful to see that I, that me caused all this destruction in his life. It was absolutely amazing. It's it's hectic the friendship to enemy ship that has taken he's place. Always, or you just never were friends. He's always been my enemy. I tried. I tried to first of all training with him. I always knew that we were going to be uh, uh, competitors against each other. You know what I mean? Um, so I treated our training sessions as as so. I would do certain things um, to to not give him him the real feel. Um, And then, uh, and then I would go out of my way to try to be friendly, like, you know, go hang out with him, like outside of uh, the gym and whatnot. And he just like, he's just like stuck. He would just stare at his phone the whole time, like trying to avoid outside world. And it's, it's, um, you know, he he kind of hates himself a
1: little bit. And, uh, you know, I I know why, Uh, but uh, it's just funny to see that, man. Is it, what was it like to go from because you i guess okay maybe you weren't friends but you were like teammates and mm-hmm. you're around all the time like what is it like to then just get an open license to just fucking hate him as much as you wanted <laughs> with without consequences
2: yeah i mean I, honestly it doesn't make any difference to me um for him he likes he likes posting on social media stuff so he like uh you know um he i remember one time i had a uh when was this i had like a I think after our, our, oh no, he accused me right after our match of, he accused me of, of doing steroids, right? And That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He accused me of doing steroids, which I, I've, I've never done. And he accused me of greasing, which I've also never, uh, never done, which doesn't make any sense because why would I do one and not the other? You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, um, so he accused me of uh, being on steroids, and then I go on Mark Bell's podcast. Of, that was the best six months of
1: jiu-jitsu yeah. talk of all time, yeah. by the way. It was
2: so fun. Yeah. So I go on Mark Bell's uh, Power Project podcast, and um, they asked me about like why Gordon's- uh, So good. So good. I was like, bro, honestly, it's because he uses and abuses steroids, uh, which isn't like- isn't a big deal. He he said it publicly multiple times that he uses steroids. So he like freaked out that I, that I said that and then he posted something like like 70 or 80 stories all about me, how I how I suck or whatever. Um he's just having like a mental breakdown online. And uh you know all i did was just post this one reel uh, on on the that was uh taken on the markwell podcast and uh yeah i don't really like uh, i don't spend too much time on social media i'm more of like i'll post and i and posting ghosts post ghost. yeah i post and i roll i roll out of there uh, but he, he likes to, he likes to talk and he lives his life on, on social media, which is, which is, um, you know, cause he wants to escape his reality. Cause his reality is fucking gnarly, um, in, in the worst way possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just live life, have a great life. Um, I continue to just train and get better, focus on myself. Whereas him,
1: he's kind of like you know,
2: focused on, focus on me, which is good.
1: Dude, that, whole thing just triggered like the fucking sickest rivalry kind of deal because so then for people listening you've got to go back and just dive back in the archives and kind of watch some of the content that came because it went like mainstream really like when so basically he's accusing you of steroids you're saying you're natty he then says that he'll pay for like a gnarly drug test protocol yeah for you to do and you're like Sweet, I'm yeah. fucking down with that. So then he gets Derek from More Plates, More Dates, who's like one of the fucking biggest G's on the on the internet, and then his fucking video, like b- breaking down your blood test, is the fucking funniest shit of all time. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, well, but I'm paraphrasing your whole video, but it's yeah. like, okay. So it doesn't look like he's on steroids, doesn't look like he's done steroids, but holy fuck, this man has gnarly cholesterol. (laughs) What does he eat? What is his fucking diet? This is insane. I need to fucking
0: talk to him.
2: Yeah, so I have naturally high tests, but also like high cholesterol. Um, So back to the bodybuilding stuff, right? So not only was I lifting, eating like a bodybuilder, I was... I was convinced that if I didn't eat my body weight and protein, that I was going to shrink. Shrink. <laughs> yeah. I was dude. Cause I would see, I'd see lifters. Like they go do like a bodybuilding show they come back like fucking skinny. I'm like, what happened? This can't be real. So I was convinced that that was like everybody. So, um, so, you know, I was eating, no lie. I was eating like a, uh, a few pounds of red meat a day, every single day for like seven or eight years. And, um, Derek was like, yo, like you, you gotta stop dude. Like your cholesterol is crazy. So, um, yeah, we came to the conclusion that, uh, um, I'm natural lifetime, natural athlete, but, uh, also have high cholesterol. So thank you, Derek. Now I changed my diet up. You know, I only eat like, like two meals a day really. And it's usually chicken and rice, or I have like a clean steak and rice and veggies. And, um, I actually, I'm actually going to get my blood work done as soon as I get back to Austin, um, uh, by Merrick health, which is Derek's company uh, oh, as sick. well. Yeah. So I'll get that done again. Cause it's been a few, quite a few months, uh, since I've, uh, since that video dropped and immediately I changed my diet. I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking switch this up. Um, and, uh, and yeah we'll see how the blood work goes so you know fingers crossed <laughs> it's got dude i've changed my diet so much it's got to make a huge difference because i was not only eating like pounds and pounds of steak every day but i was also not eating like any vegetables like, mm. i was just like like rice potato and pounds of meat so i'm getting, eating like a fucking lion <laughs> in bro zoo. exactly exactly i was <laughs> i only cared about hitting my protein performing and um you know now
1: i care about longevity so uh it should be substantially different the thing that i like i look at you and i'm like all right fucking dude's a gangster athlete but i'm also look at you like you're just fucking winging it yeah like you're so not optimized like you because there's this thing that people do and i've been one of these people as well and it's like moto related and to where it's like you'll fucking be the vet dude that's just completely doing everything wrong but he'll have like the sick suspension the sickest <laughs> yeah. bike the sickest car to get to the track so it's like doing all of the fucking one percent like fucking sprinkled dust on it kind of yeah. thing and just do like none of the base level work you're the <laughs> exact opposite you're like the dude that's done all of the fucking work but just has zero of the fucking extra shit and it's like I just wonder what your ceiling is if you have people in your corner that are like treating you almost like a fucking physical science project.
2: Yeah, like if it, like if we had the same setup like NFL athletes have, where they Massive. have like masseuses and dietitians and shit. Yeah, I, dude, I'm just watching YouTube videos and trying to fucking make means of it. You know what I mean? Like trying to trying trying to get the most out of it, and uh, you know it's working so far. And uh, fuck, I'm just yeah, I'm I'm for for some stuff a lot of stuff maybe most stuff i'm winging it um and other things i i am very calculated
1: oh and yeah it's not like disrespectful it's no, like no, it's, I like, got a, it's you. like a good thing you know to yeah, where it's yeah. like you're you've already reached this level just fully on your own just yeah. like eating fucking <laughs> <laughs> your body weight and pro and it's like yeah that, it makes sense but it's like okay we need this and we need this and we need yeah. these supplements and like this recovery and you know there's just it, it's cool to be in the position that you're in to where it's like you're doing so fucking well and there's still so much more that you could achieve and it's like i was had the same conversation with the Degans, you know like yeah. they're just they're fucking winging it too in a way And it's like yeah. that kid is so amazing and so insanely good and he doesn't have a nutritionist he doesn't have like there's just all this stuff like lebron james spends what a million or two million dollars a year just yeah. on his like body imagine what the fuck would happen if you yeah that, i know <laughs> I someone gave you a two million dollar body budget yeah yeah i'd spend this So i have to have to pay taxes on it <laughs> get rid of it that's real <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's fucking it is cool though to to see like the level that you that you got to you know and it, that whole video with Derek and the whole—I mean, and I think it blew jiu-jitsu up even bigger than it was, which is fucking, which is cool. But then, yeah, this is like the the amount of shit you weren't doing right like the, the knowledge <laughs> yeah. he was, able to get. I was like this yeah. is this a he's not on steroids <laughs> and b he's fucking doing so much shit wrong it's like yeah i would feel that's like literally the all-time fucking backfire for yeah. what that whole saga was meant it to made do. me better
2: like i I sharpened up my diet you told, you told me yeah, i'm healthier i'm performing just it <laughs> just as great as
1: i always have but now i have a. Uh, you know, better blood work, I guess. (laughs) But not to mention that, bro, just the brand. It's the brand, yeah. Like the fucking Natty King. And then you got like the Liver King. Like, so it was right at the time where there was like the whole Liver King. And then you were like, I'm the fucking Natty King. And then like that dude goes pops of steroids who fucking knew
2: yeah i would have thought right wow,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: dude crazy but then like so all of that happened at the same time and it just kind of like blew you up to be even bigger than what you were you know yeah definitely definitely a blessing
2: you know um i don't know if he actually thought i would if gordon actually thought i was on steroids because i've always
1: been like bigger and stronger That's than him wa- but like but what i wonder is like you were around him a lot yeah so it's like I feel I like think steroids that, is hard to hide. Yeah, I if think you're that, with someone every day,
2: I think that he, it's hard for him to cope that mm-hmm. I have this phenomenal gifts. body, yeah. this these gifts, and he has to inject himself with fucking tren to to acquire any kind of uh, f- a physique. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, to acquire like a, a decent physique, and then even when he does all the steroids, he's as big as he as he possibly can be. I'm still 10 pounds heavier than him. You know what I mean? Like, at his, at his biggest, he's like 225. I'm 230, 235, natural. He, bigger biceps, better looking physique. Like, when I get a pump, I I look, it's crazy. It's cr- I double in size with a pump, bro. The only difference is the guys that are on gear, they're always pumped up.
1: Yeah. You know? that's fucking so funny but i think before too i was kind of talking about like the progression of the matches like the adcc match probably not your best match you've ever had Mm -hmm. and then that three months later there's like a pretty massive improvement to where like yeah you had that toe hole which broke his foot and then the choke at the end so it's like that definitely has to give you a lot of confidence as well
2: the longer they wait the better i'm gonna get that's
1: kind of true too
2: every month that passes bro i improve think about it these guys have plateaued they've been training for 15 years i'm only at year five i'm gonna continue to get better at a rapid rate i've still have so much to learn and i'm already so much better than them
1: fuck yeah that's rough is that who's like is there anyone you're seeing that's like that's next in a way like who's the next uh i don't know i re- I
2: think my brother's gonna blow up uh really fast really soon um you know he's he's at year like three uh, uh of training jiu-jitsu and he's he's phenomenal he just has uh, a a few different things to, to work on to get him to like that next level
1: it's crazy the time what what took him i guess two years after you were training to want to do it
2: he was like in high school okay yeah, he was like he oh, was, so he's just too young basically. Yeah, he was like he was in high school doing like wrestling practice and stuff like that. And once once he saw me in my first ADCC, he was like he was like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So mom was like, Listen, just graduate high school and you and uh, you you could go ahead and and chase it down. It's pretty
1: sick too that you've been out to create a bit of a path for your brother
2: yeah for sure we kind of, we've always like kind of uh worked together you know like wrestling together um or wrestling definitely brought us uh closer like you know bonded us together and then uh you know i created this this path uh towards jujitsu. i gave him like the what kind of fundamentals i thought that would help him have success early on, and he listened really well and uh you know he had good success he he won a d c c trials um as like a blue belt. It was fucking crazy. Training like less than 2 years, he beat multiple black belts. Not and not only just black belts, but um competitors. He had 7 matches, 7 submissions against the and it was the biggest, the toughest ADCC trials that's ever been in the whole fucking world and he absolutely went out there and, and dominated.
1: So that shit was crazy. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. Did he what what trials was that west coast trials that was west coast trials. 2019 no west coast trials um
2: like uh 2020 i believe okay, yeah, yeah. So did he go to adcc last
1: year yeah yeah how did i I missed all that
2: yeah he um he lost to pedro uh marino by oh, he's a
1: fucking beast
2: <laughs> yeah by by like uh a point but like a second a point and a second right oh. so like he's like He's like uh the score's like uh 1-0 or some something close like that and Jay's on top passing his guard and he has like his big toe like stuck in like uh half guard like three quarter half guard and as he's passing time time uh. runs out yeah so very close match again Fuck, like, that's not against a really good dude and against like a natty guy going against a fucking heavily uh enhanced a uh, grown man you know jay was like 20 years old pedro was or jay might even been 19 back then and pedro was like you know al- almost 30 years old with uh, with a lifetime of jiu-jitsu and versus two years which is fucking insane so um you
1: know this coming year it's gonna he's gonna do damage yeah that is fucking crazy dude eh? and how many guys you, is b team gonna have at adcc i think right now we have
2: um we have about eight let me see it's gonna be um yeah, we might have about eight or so uh, going to the ADCC World, especially after this coming East uh, West Coast Trials. That's
1: insane. When is the next West Coast Trials? Is it March? The okay, end, cool. end of March in yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, see and so will we see uh, at any supercrosses this year trying to make that happen
2: yes dude let me know i would love to, i've always wanted to go to a supercross um closest thing i i've, I've got i've done a couple x games oh sick. Um, so i've seen like the freestyle and, and stuff like that um but yeah i would love to go to a supercross my guy yeah
1: let me know let's link up at one yeah so we'll either a1 or there's arlington how far is arlington from austin doesn't matter i'll go <laughs> gives a fuck oh, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well mate thanks for doing this if been uh, fucking cool. Cool to pick your brain about jujitsu. Cool to hear uh, a bit about your story. And uh yeah, it was fucking rad to ride with you yesterday. Dude,
2: I had an absolute blast. I can't thank you enough for uh, helping me get on a bike again. It was fucking amazing. Guys, if you guys want to check out our jujitsu content, uh B Team JJ, B Team jiu-jitsu on YouTube uh, and Instagram, you know, I- enjoy the show. That's how we go. And check out Carne Jerky, C A R N E J E R K Y K Y.com. I'm the jerky man. I-, I sell beef and secret sauce. That's how goes uh, any other sponsors you want to share out? yeah I mean my regular sponsors uh, we got VHTS um, very hard to submit very hard to submit uh, Jiu Jitsu uh, uh, Rash Guard and shorts and, and clothing uh, we have a few apparel Jackson, Jackson chains and whatnot thanks for the support Evil Gen supplements and
1: oh that's it that's it the natty king soon to be yamaha
2: soon to be yamaha bro yamaha alpine stars just follow me on instagram so maybe we got a connection Dude, there right? how sick would it be
1: to rock up at adcc with like a yamaha logo like bro. rodriguez 427 on the back is that 427 247 247 all bro? day every day that would be fun that's a dope fucking co- you should get VHDS to do like a moto type fucking Ooh, we should do that we should i'm say collab yeah okay I'm, I'm down we could we should try and make that happen let's do it ideas i love yes, it yes sir <laughs> and uh i'm gonna try and go to b team at some point to just get fucking
0: murdered uh and post it let's do it <laughs> <laughs>